All right, and we are live. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikel Casanova, um, and I've got with me the one and only Heatbot. We've been having an amazing conversation. I have a lot of respect for this guy, and he's the most knowledgeable Sega person that I know. Heatbot, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, Casanova. <laughs> uh, thank you for the invite to your show, Casanova. Hey, listen, it's a really, really nice uh, gesture. Uh, I'm absolutely honored and completely humbled and really grateful that uh, you extended this invitation to me, uh, especially because a lot of people kind of look at me uh, like maybe I'm this... Uh, Guy that just likes to like burst out and in anger and and and, and that I'm not well educated or well spoken, so it means a lot Completely to me. Man. Untrue, man, you are very knowledgeable. So well, any haters, I'm gonna tell y'all now. Y'all don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you'll know, but you really don't know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like I said, I'm thank thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I kind of stumbled in your channel because you uh, did a great podcast with my friend Sega Forever. Shout outs to him. And I loved it. I thought it was the classiest interview that I've seen from uh, someone of uh, your age, obviously. Um, and with what you're doing, uh, I'm glad you're having success. I hope it transitions over to YouTube because I know you're also on uh, iTunes for what you said. Uh, and I hope that with me being here, with my audience, whether it's small or not too big, that you'll find more of my fan base come to you as well because they like what you're doing and they respect the fact that you had me on your channel uh, as a guest, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as a friend, right? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I hope I don't disappoint with any of your questions or your thoughts. Nah, no and worries, I hope man. I can make you proud. And I hope I make the, my my audience proud and your audience proud, and that maybe your audience will enjoy me and go follow me and my channel. Maybe who knows? Uh, let's see how it goes. You know, it's yeah. all gaming, and hopefully it'll stay that way uh, because uh, that's the way it should be. You know, it's not it shouldn't be about trolling and hating. It should be about game talk, right? Yeah, you know, and it goes back to what we were talking about before we went live on this podcast, and it's like. There's a lot of people in gaming, you know, in YouTube, journalists and whatnot, where it's not even about gaming itself. It's just about, you know, being part of the it crowd. And that's the part that's really sad to see, right. especially, you know, from us, you know, coming from back when we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have, you know, <laughs> basically the Internet in the capacity it is now. We had to rely on like EGM and you know, Game Pro Magazine and uh game oh, yeah. Inform back when actually game informer was actually something worth reading <laughs> right <laughs> you know it is you know and all of our information it was like you said like you know you said before the podcast like it was two to three months after publication yeah. yeah so We're already it, in, in in motion yep yep so it's it's something like back when we we enjoyed gaming when it wasn't popular when people didn't Openly, unless you were another gamer, you didn't really talk about it in the capacity. Now it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm getting a new Call of Duty or I'm getting a new Madden or I'm getting right. a new GTA. 
where, you know, back then it was like, oh, you're a gamer. Like, I remember getting that, you know, you know, my mom was somewhat accepting of me being a gamer, but not really. Like, there's some things that I would play. Like, I liked to play Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat growing up and then Killer Instinct. And she was like, oh, you can't play too much of that. It's got too much violence. I remember back when Mortal Kombat was controversial. Yes. Joseph Lieberman wanted to ban violent video games and video games as a whole because, you know, that's a gateway. If we buy it, if we ban the violent ones, we're going to be banning all of them. That, that's the right, right. But, right. you know, I, I remember back when gaming was about gaming. And I remember yeah, when yeah. GamePro magazine used to have that one rating, Fun Factor. And now yeah. you got people now like Digital Foundry, which I have a lot of issues with Digital Foundry and a lot of other YouTubers and journalists. Where it's like we're talking about the pixel count, we're talking about the frames and and you know the textures right. and all that, and it's like, is the game fun? Right. Well, <laughs> that's a good point because the the whole point of it is is gaming is about gameplay. Like I was yeah. telling you before, if you have variable gameplay and you have solid gameplay in a game and you know it's fun, that's the most important essence of a game. That's the whole essence of gaming to, in general, period. Mm-hmm. So the problem with it is now is, you know, they have everybody, whether, no matter what outlet it is, whether it's Digital Foundry or whether it's, you know, uh, uh, Gaming Bowl, whatever. Mm-hmm. They, it's like they have an agenda. And the agenda is, oh, well, how many, well, how much resolution is it? Or uh, does it have a, 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 a a bigger narrative story than, uh, you know, with mocap or mocap mm-hmm. heavy game. Is it a Japanese centric game? Is it promoting J- Japanese anime? You know, and things of that nature. Uh, when in reality, it should be about well, is the game like you said? Is the game fun? Is the game good? Mm-hmm. Uh, P's and resolution, none of that mattered. Yeah. It doesn't matter what a game looked like. What mattered was if the game was fun, and it delivered on its promise. Of what it was showing you uh, when you saw it, uh, either in a magazine, in a picture, in a trailer, or whatever the case may be. So people nowadays, and gamers nowadays, new age gamers, don't understand the privilege that they have with all this accessibility, whether it's through you know, YouTube, whether it's through Twitter, Facebook, social media in general, yeah. that they have so much accessibility at the palm of their hands, you know? When we mm-hmm. grew up, gaming was looked at as, you know, there was something wrong with us, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We even had parents that took us to mental health to see and make sure that we didn't have no mental issues. Yeah. Because we were playing video games because they didn't understand what it was. You know what I mean? They didn't understand it was a digital toy, right? Mm-hmm. Changed us, just like we had, you know, physical toys, which I'm a very big advocate toy collector for many years, for over 20 years. And, you know, things like Toys R Us breaks my heart closing down. Because now these kids, for the future generation, what does that tell me for them? That they're going to have less and less time to have imagination. And it's almost like for me, well, what I see that gamers that enjoy games, no matter what it is, like, you know, the style of the graphics or things of that nature, are people like grew up in my era that actually played with toys, that had imagination and like using their imagination. In this case, someone like Sea of Thieves, that when you play it, 
you can understand it the minute you get into that playground, that toy yeah. box, if you will, or that yeah. sandbox. Uh, it's kind of like building Legos. You make of it as you will based on your own decisions and experience, right? Exactly. You have to have an imagination in order to feel engaged and immersed in that world. Yeah. And the, the gamers that, that say things like they don't like it, it's corny, it's not enough content, you, that's, which is not true. There's maybe a lot of content that's very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's not a lot of variety in the content, like as far as variety and differences, but there is a lot of content. You know, mm-hmm. it's how you approach it and how long it takes you to accomplish something, right? Right. Uh, but the game is fun. It, it's fun. It's delivering on its promise. But it, it's all about you if, if you have the imagination to appreciate what it's trying to offer. It doesn't hold your hand, you know? Yeah. You got to make it what it is. I know it's one and, of the things uh, I kept seeing, like, what a lot of people that were dropping reviews the day came out the day the game came out was i don't know what i'm supposed to do and i'm like that's a problem i think that's happened in gaming because you've got too many games that point you in what direction you're supposed to go and if you grew up playing games before like i really want to say before the 360 era it didn't tell you it's like here's the instructions you read the manual and then have at it So, yeah, that's, that's the thing too. Like, I, I just right, I don't right, right, right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I get what you're saying. Right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, listen. There, every game out there has something to offer to some type of gamer. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. Okay, whether it's on a desktop, whether it's on a on a a, a laptop, whether it's on a a, a tablet. <laughs> a phone, or a console, right? Mm-hmm. Every game out there has something to offer to a specific type of gamer. And that's fine. That's great, because that means gaming is still very fruitful and alive and well. I have a problem with it, or where the problem comes in is when new gamers, of newer generations, right, from the last, mm-hmm. let's say, 360 era till now, Mm-hmm. come in when their first console was actually a 360 or a PS3 mm-hmm. and they're trying to act like they know more than a person that's been playing like myself since 1979. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Where I've seen the entire evolution of what gaming has become from where it was. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then they're showing no kind of real respect to the culture or the hobby because they look at it as, ah, it's no big deal. It's just gaming. Oh, well, let me, I got news for you. Gaming has saved lives. Gaming has kept people out of trouble from going to jail. Gaming has kept people from getting killed. And gaming has kept people from feeling alone or solitary, right, and confined where they have maybe... They didn't have a brother or sister, like in my case, or they maybe didn't have a lot of friends, or maybe they uh, uh, were sad, right? Yeah. And didn't have someone to talk to. It was an escape for them, and it helped them continue getting stronger with their own lives through the magic of the controller, right? 
which is gaming. And something so simple, but just so powerful and impactful. Gaming is very poetic in many ways, whether people may think of it or not. It's an art form. Yeah. And nowadays, if you want to just go through a game and boom, play it in three seconds, bust the load, and that's it. Move on to the next thing and don't even enjoy it. Uh, they get their game, they don't even enjoy them. And then they're the first ones to critique them and criticize them like, ah, it was okay. Ah, it wasn't that great. Not thinking that these developers maybe spend a lot of hard nights and, and years and months of their lives to create something for the audience, hoping that that audience was going to embrace and respect their body of work. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I agree. So that's what makes it sad for me as an old school rooted gamer. Because it kind of feels to me like gaming is going to die ultimately sooner than later if this type of attitude and approach continues forward about how game is right now or yeah. where gaming is right now. Yeah. You're supporting games that are free, but you won't buy a game that costs $60 or $30 or $40 that a developer took two to three years to make. And I know we're consumers before anything else. But it comes with the territory. It's like when you go to the movies and watch a movie. You don't know if it's going to be great. You don't know if it's going to be lackluster, right? For lack of a better term. Not to be mean and call it garbage. Because nothing should be called garbage or trash, to be honest with you. And I'm very guilty of saying things like that jokingly, right? Because I have. But being a, 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 a realistic and trying to be professional... And honest, like I'm doing here in your show, no game should be called trash. Okay? Because it's somebody's body of work. It could be called disappointing. It could be called lackluster. Yes. But mm -hmm. not garbage or trash. Because that's a hurtful way of saying something or describing for the viewer, especially if it's a developer that happens to run into this and see this and sees that and say, oh, you call my game trash and garbage. Because, you know, I couldn't even imagine what they might feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look yeah. at what that happened with the guy that did uh, what was that game? The independent game that he got a lot of heat. I think it was called Frey or Fru. That game where the pixels twisted it was an independent oh, game. Oh, it was uh, Terraria, wasn't it? No, not Terraria. Um, Pez. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah. Man, oh man, that man uh, attacked people, but I felt so bad because. I understood where he was coming from. Mm -hmm. He was trying really hard to do a game that was different and unique. And the first thing people were doing was criticizing him for taking so long to do it. Mm -hmm. When he was, yeah, he had a life. He was doing it on his own. He had a certain budget. So, you know, for me, I could understand that, you know, whether I'm a developer or not in real life is irrelevant. I'm trying yeah. to talk like an adult, as a professional, as me having experience playing myself having a job, being a business owner at, at one point where you're trying to give the best quality to your customers to make them happy so they can come back and you just don't find a way how to do it because you can't make everyone happy. Yeah, That's impossible. But at least you can try, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's very true. It's <laughs> very, very true. You know, it's in, you know, like the game I was streaming last night, the Fight and Rage, that independent yes, game. Yes, I saw that. 
I saw that. And that game is amazing. Yeah. I, and my mind was blown to find out it was made by one person and it took them three and a half to four years to make it. Yeah, you talk about the beat em up. Yeah, that, yeah. That was, it was awesome. It was awesome, yeah. And well, it was like, like Dishwasher. Did you ever play the Dishwasher? One and yeah. two on the 360? Yeah, yeah. That was one dude who did that. And that game is awesome. It's yeah. that it's got the stylized black and white with the high high uh quality uh, violence red. Uh and then the sequel was actually co-op and he did it in his basement. Mm-hmm. And then he worked on it for 8 years if I'm not mistaken. That's how long he worked on it. And that game was really really something else. A lot of people didn't even buy it. Even they don't even know what it is. Like this washer, what is that? I was like, you see? And that's when I start to get a tear in my eye because I'm like you call yourself a gamer and you don't even look into these things. You don't know what dishwasher is, you know, and you, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, so, but that game was awesome. I saw you streaming it. I came in, saw it for a little while. I was like, oh, this is pretty dope. It's pretty nice. I like that. I like that. It's like uh, Raging Justice. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. From uh, making games, the company, the developer mm-hmm. is a husband and a wife. Yeah. Uh, very nice people. And now they're bringing it to all platforms. It's going to be exclusive originally for Xbox. But I guess they needed more uh, money, you know, because mm-hmm. it's been taking them a long time, which is understandable. And I think they found somebody that was willing to uh, publish it for them, yeah. uh, even though the Xbox idea, Xbox program is self-published. But they got a publisher, and now I think it's coming out really, really soon. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to interview him with my boy Kano uh, because uh, we have something set up with them. That's that's gonna be awesome. I'm looking, definitely gonna be looking forward to that. When you yeah, guys see yeah, that. for sure. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get to one of my questions. One of my next questions is, I want to ask, uh, what made you start a YouTube channel? Like, what got you inspired to <laughs> get into it and speak the truth? You, you speak so well, man. Like I, like I said, man, I have a lot of respect for you. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, Nikhil. Uh, listen, what made me start YouTube was really on some dumb, dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> because... I was trying to upload studios, right? And I was like, I'm going to put a... I don't know if you ever played... Have you played Dead Rising 3 by any chance? Yes, sir. I got it day one when it came out. And awesome. Me and Sega awesome. Forever both bought it. Awesome. Okay. As you know, you know in the beginning of Dead Rising 3, there's a section when the plane crashes and you walk up the plane when it's like tithered up and blowing up. Yeah. Then you go into the section where there's like this slew of zombies. There's probably like a thousand zombies there. Mm. Maybe a little less, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it's in a small, confined space. You got to actually jump on top of the cars to get to the other end. Mm-hmm. So what I said was, you know what? Let me record myself killing all these zombies without dying. And that's what I did, right? Mm-hmm. Playing the game on the hardest mode, mind me. Uh, I think, or, or something like that. Because I don't know if you can actually pick the, the level uh, you know, perspective of the game. But I think it was mm-hmm. something like that. The point was, I, I just did it on some dumb, dumb stuff. But then I started seeing YouTubers like Crab Gamer and Next Gen, right? Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there wasn't a lot of Xbox guys out there doing stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, well, you know, I would see their stuff and I was like, I would hear what they say. And I'm like, they kind of have the idea right. But not all of them know really all the details. And I'm like, damn. I'm pretty knowledgeable in this stuff because I I always grew up reading, you know, Game mm-hmm. Pro, Game Informer, 
Play Magazine, Gamers Republic, Sega Vision, you know, Nintendo Power, uh, EGM, Tricks and Tricks, uh, Tips, Tips and, and tricks. tricks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. Like, so I'm like, you know, what about if I maybe just try to start it off on my own channel, right? My own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to show my knowledge with every video I make. And that's what made me decide to do it. But I didn't take it uh, like too serious. I didn't think uh, you would have to put a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I've soon found out and realized that if you don't put in the work, you're not going to get enough viewers to build your channel quick enough. You know? Mm-hmm. But my unfortunate truth is I'm a family man. I have eight children. I have a wife. Uh, we take care of her elderly grandmother. I'm, I'm sickly myself, uh, for those who may not know. Uh, it's personal, so I won't get into details. But, you know, mm-hmm. I am sickly myself. But, you know, it's just a lot on my table for me to uh, hit heavy, like someone like, let's say, uh, like an angry Joe, whether I agree mm-hmm. with him or not. You know what I'm saying. I'm just using yeah. it as an example. Yeah, uh, but uh, but the knowledge, uh, I think I'm confident enough that I can. Uh, I would be willing to go to toe to toe with anyone on YouTube personally, to be honest, with you, uh, because I know I have the knowledge. Not mm-hmm. because I'm trying to show off, but because I'm trying to get the respect. Because all my knowledge is in here, mm-hmm. in my head. I don't YouTube anything. I don't Google anything. Uh, and anybody that knows me, like say it forever, can tell you. <laughs> You can ask them personally. And I think that really gets people upset and angry. But that's what made me start my YouTube channel. Hmm. Okay. I like that. So I was going to ask you, um, (laughs) how do you feel about Xbox this generation? And as a whole, you mean? Yeah. Like coming off at 360, like how do you feel like about the Xbox One, the Game Pass, EA Access? Right. Well, you know, like I've said in my videos many times before, mm-hmm. I even put up a video today that I had on hold for almost five days. It is an excellent uh, video, by the I, way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's kind of <laughs> long because I had to break it up in parts because I kept getting interrupted mm-hmm. and I really couldn't finish it right away because, of course, again, I'm a family man. I have a life. It's very hard to do them. So uh, I hope people like it because uh, I was being as honest as I possibly could. I feel that Xbox, this generation, um, got the short end of the stick. And I think they got it unfairly because when they did their reveal, mm-hmm. like a lot of people say, the messaging was wrong. And I kind of disagree because it's, I don't think it was that the messaging was wrong. I just feel that once they gave the message, they got shafted. It just... They didn't get an opportunity to even recover or explain themselves. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And people were like, oh, how does this work? How does this work? When in reality, with every interview you saw, whether it was with Major Nelson, with Aaron Greenberg, with Albert Pinello, or even Don Matrix, it felt more like an attack or a low blow. Or like, yeah, you arrogant pricks. You're trying to do this on purpose. You don't care about the gamers. They didn't really give them the freedom to actually explain themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. It was just hate. And I think a lot of it came deliberately from the PS3 audience 
because they were so angry and pissed off <laughs> of the, uh, I guess, the dominance that the 360 had. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you on that one. You know what I'm saying? So the dominance the 360 had, that they were just dying and itching to be able to actually finally have the upper hand and say, we're on top of you. Take this, you scumbags. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I know it sounds childish and it sounds juvenile, but I really feel that <laughs> that was that was a big part of it because I think I think literally that week you probably saw 300 videos about Xbox being the crumb side of gaming. They're ruining it. They don't want yeah. to help gamers. They're trying to ruin gaming. They're just greedy. Look at that DRM. When DRM started on PS3 on their store. Mm-hmm. The whole idea that they created with PS3 with having free games if you have PSN, that's DRM. Yep. Because that means you don't have access to that license, right? Unless you have PSN, right? Yep. So I'm like, wait a second. DRM is nothing new. And the DRM that Microsoft was trying to offer was a different type of DRM. It's DRM to try to protect not only the developer, but the gamers from getting ripped off in places like GameStop. You would buy the game, and depending mm-hmm. on the developer, when you got it in your home, they charge you an activation fee to restart that game, whether you bought it new or used. Mm-hmm. But GameStop couldn't sell you a used game for $55 anymore because it was basically a dead disc. It could only sell it to you to maybe like $10, $15, and then you activate it with the company for maybe 5 or $10 more. So it was an, eventually, in the long grand scheme of things, it was going to help us out because we were going to get great games mm-hmm. for a cheaper price and not get ripped off anymore with places like GameStop. You see? Yeah. But it was too, I think, also primitive. Uh, people weren't ready. They, they weren't ready. They got... They didn't understand the idea and the concept, so they got scared, you know, which is understandable, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it was misconstrued. I think it was skewed a little bit. I think it was overly taken out of proportion and constant and exaggerated. Like people were like, "Well, look at what Don Matrix did. What an asshole! He told them, don't go get a, an Xbox 360.'" And that was not any way, shape, or form the way he did it. If you look, look at the interview. He was very polite, was very respectful, and he just basically said, look, we're trying something different. This is our vision. But if you don't feel happy and comfortable, we at least have the 360 that we can still offer you for those that don't want to jump ship yet or mm-hmm. don't want to go in this direction. And that's exactly how he was saying it. Very professional, very low tone, very humble. He wasn't being a prick. And people made it seem like, oh, what a, he was being an arrogant prank. Listen, it's a business first. This is about making money. Microsoft was very uh, uh, confident that the 360 supporters were going to follow them to this generation. And they were going to have success with their vision. That's why they used the Connect and they put Mm -hmm. it as part of the system and the whole experience because they had. Success with it, with the 360, was the most successful peripheral of all time. 23 million units. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Unheard of, ever. There's no peripheral that ever sold like that. So it only made a business sense. 
It made absolute sense as a business point and from a business business perspective that they would include a bigger, broader, and better connect with the new console. And we all oh, they're trying to flush it down our throats. Yes, they should have they could have had two SKUs, but I think the idea behind it was they were trying to give you a console that was unison, all one cohesive unit and make it feel futuristic. Yeah. It was their vision. So in order for them to reconstruct it, you saw they had to do the entire UI all over again. So when you played the Xbox, <clears throat> once the DRM and all that was changed, it felt almost bare bones from day one, remember? Like it felt mm-hmm. like it had barely anything because of this. And it took them at least a year to get it to the point where you saw that it was going to continue to grow. But they listened and they did it. It never even came to fruition. So I just think they, they it was it was taken out of context. But I think Xbox, with everything they've done from Game Pass to the backwards compat to the more powerful console to the slim console to the native patches and 4K for old console, I mean old 360 games and now OG <clears throat> from all the updates from the dedicated servers, from the 4K player being included at a reasonable price, from the uh, uh, HDR built mm-hmm. in the console, and the 4K upscaling available with the S and then natively with the X. I feel that they have done everything they can possibly have done to this point to listen and appeal and appease to their consumer. Yeah. They I show agree. they cared. I think they're showing that they care, and I think they're showing that they want to make up for any mishaps and mistakes they might have done along the way. Phil Spencer's speech that he did last month in, in, in that event, in GDC, I think it was, or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it's G- it GDC. Because yeah. it had nothing to do with gaming. But when you hear his words, he said it. You know, we felt the pain. It hurt. But we knew we could fix it, and we knew we could come back stronger than ever. And it's like I tell people, well, Sony did all this stuff. I don't know. Sony just, all they had to do was sit back, relax, and enjoy their laurels of success. Nobody put their fucking foot down. Excuse my language. Sorry. I, no, I don't no. need to first. Put, it, put their foot down their throat like they've done with Xbox. I mean, they did a, articles about Xbox not being eco, eco-friendly because it didn't have a power safe feature on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've done every article known to man you could possibly fathom and think up and conjure up about negative press and, and, and negative uh, news about Xbox this generation than I've ever seen in my entire life with any console generation. Ever. Ever. Yeah, this is the worst I've ever seen it. I've never ever. seen it. I thought ever the like Sega this. Saturn was bad. Right? <laughs> I thought that was bad. This? This took the cake. I've never seen it this bad ever, and it and it's sad because these guys are claiming to be actual gamers, right? And even Xbox dudes, but Xbox is finding challenges even with their own audience because you have their own Xbox guys saying that, "Oh, you're garbage, you're this," and like they completely have amnesia and forgot everything they've done with for them since the launch, as far as having exclusives. Triple A's, double A's, single A's, indies, uh, you know, uh, and and having all these features and and giving us stuff since 2013. And because last year we had a softer year 
in, in software, right? Mm -hmm. Because they had to invest in the the R and D for the S and the X. <clears throat> they they got crucified. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sony for three years was lackluster and sparse, and everybody said, "Don't worry, the multiplayer, the multiplats will hold us off. We believe in Sony. Sony always gives us what we want in the end." And it's true, they do get stronger as the God bless you, puppy. They do get stronger as the generation goes on. It's very true, but how how is it okay that they got a, a pass and Microsoft that delivered from day one and just had one soft year? How come they couldn't get a pass when they still brought out the X? They still brought out the S, and they still gave us, believe it or not, actual IPs that were exclusive from Microsoft. Exactly that they paid for or published Halo Wars two. They gave us a very well-priced Voodoo Vince remastered, which was $15, not $40 or $50. They gave us uh, Phantom Dust for free. They gave us Tacoma, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's timed or not, but for, for what I know, it's full-on exclusive. That was only a $20 game, right? Mm -hmm. Cuphead, $20 game, right? That finally came out. They gave us Super Lucky Sales, which was platforming that we needed on Xbox because we didn't have it because PlayStation has, right, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Microsoft didn't have no platformer or other, aside from Ori, but that was in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So we need more platforms on Xbox, right, to draw the audiences that like platforming. So now we have Ori, we have Cuphead, and we have Super Lucky's Tales, right? Yeah. And then they gave us Forza 7, which is the best racing simulator, period, in yep. comparison to, you know, uh, 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 Gran Turismo Sport is a joke. Let's oh, be man. honest. That okay? was a waste of money for me. There's <laughs> no shade. It's just the truth. Okay? You have to be honest. If you respect this gaming hobby, you have to be honest. It's yep. a joke. If, especially when you can say something like Gran Turismo, that Forza Motorsport 5, which everybody claimed when it came out, had lacked content. And because it lacked content, it got 8s and 7.5s. Mm -hmm. And yet, Forza Motorsport 5 had more content than GT Sport at launch in 2013. You see what I'm saying? Yep. That's very telling. And then, of course, we ended the year with the big exclusivity of PUBG. Last year, Sony gave their audiences Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Mm -hmm. Which they had great success, and I salute them for that. But keep in mind, that's the first time Guerrilla Games has done another game other than Killzone, and they just bought Guerrilla Games in twenty seven, in two thousand and seven, right? Yep. And that's the first time they actually let them do another game that was different, right? Mm -hmm. And bravo, because they did have success. That's great, but. Again, what did Sony really bring out from their part camp? They brought out Gravity Rush 2, which was a repurposed Vita game yep. for PS Vita. Nobody bought it. They brought a Horizon. That did well. Great. Then they brought out NAC 2, 3,000 copies in Japan. Okay? Their strongest market, personally, because they're a Japanese company. Mm -hmm. 3,000 copies. Right? And then Sega GT Sport. That didn't even have the online structure, I think, in full 
fledged had launched and only had 120 cars and it was online only, right? Mm-hmm. Couldn't even play it offline. That's all they gave from their intellectual properties themselves, from their house internally. We're not talking about near. We're not talking about Neo. We're not talking about Berserk, Persona, Yakuza. We're not talking about Hellblade or even Crash. Those are what we call handouts. They're there because the developer either put them there first because, one, they're Japanese and they support their consoles first, obviously, or two, because it was the leading platform and they they felt that by putting it there first, they would have some success and they can choose later to put it on another platform, mm-hmm. whether it's the Nintendo Switch or the Xbox. So for me, I feel Microsoft this generation has given us the most bang for our buck. And I got more in detail with this topic of that question. It's so funny that you asked me the question because my video I just put up is that question yep. in a nutshell. Uh, but I go more in detail. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. For those that are patient enough to listen to it, I don't think they'll be disappointed. But uh, I just think that they, they're getting undeserved uh, hate, and they really don't have nobody uh, giving them enough patience to show their hand you know, of what they have built for the future now that they got the X out of the way and now that everything's in order and there's no more talk about resolution or power or any of that stupid, dumb, juvenile rhetoric. Now it's about games. Phil said with his new position, we're going to build new houses, make new deals, and hopefully our goal is uh, to uh, make new IPs, which is going to take time, you know? Yeah. And I don't think people are just giving them uh, I mean, the console came out in November. We're only in April now, right? Yeah. And they're already like, Microsoft is dog crap. They're not talking about new games. But yet we already got we already got <laughs> Yeah, we already got uh, 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 CFDs, and we got we're getting uh, State of Decay, and they already said they're going to make an announcement soon for Crackdown Three. Even though there were games from last year, they were pushed back, but at least we're getting them. And and and, and all we know for sure is that we're getting Ashen and and oh and Ori Two, okay, mm-hmm. and that game in the night. Oh, and the R Four Escape, but. Uh, I think it's if you're a real gamer, I don't see how you can find hating a company that has been doing nothing but trying to respect and show love to the consumer. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, um, and that's the things that Microsoft is doing. Like to go back to your point of how they're listening to their audience and they're making the effort to make the changes. That's something that you don't see Sony do it all. You don't even really see Nintendo do that because I think a lot of that does have to do with the fact of a Japanese mindset too. But if you look at how Sony, like people have been asking for Sony to provide services like can we please change our PSN name? And Something Sony's so still, simple. Yes, yeah, and they won't do it. They refuse to do it. And, I don't know uh, what it is. I don't know if it's expensive, I guess. I'm not really sure. And if that's the case, then I understand because Microsoft, obviously, money-wise, they're on another level compared to Sony. I get it. Yeah. If that's the case, then I could understand why. But at least be honest. Yeah. Tell your audience. 
No, you consumer. We really can't offer it because we don't have the infrastructure economically to provide this for you guys. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and if we did it, we would have to charge you a boatload of money, and maybe you would find it unfair. You see what I'm saying? If mm-hmm. they were just honest and just said it that way, I think uh, they would probably even find a solution on how to get it done. Because now you're giving the consumer in your platform the option to say, well, okay, how much would you charge? We would have to charge you $25. Okay, we'll do it. Fine. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But with them keeping kind of mysterious about it, because even Sean, uh, what was it, Andrew House, mm-hmm. in this past E3, when they did the show, he was, or I think it was last year, he said, oh, yeah, uh, by this time next year, we should have, you know, uh, an answer for you for the for the chain name chain. I mean, look, I'm not trying to be a, a bum here or, or throwing shades, but they just put in and implemented the ability of you to use an external hard drive on your PlayStation. Legally. I'm not talking about illegally. I'm talking about legally. Where you literally just buy it, put it on the USB, and it works. You see what I'm trying to say? When 360 was doing this, almost oh, 10 years, man. over 10 years ago. You see what I'm saying? Man, and this is so what I'm true. talking about with people. Um, they just implemented that, you know? And when they did it, you saw 20 articles talking about how amazing it was. Meanwhile, when Microsoft said we can allow you to get the capabilities of having over 32 terabytes of storage on the Xbox One, you didn't see not one article. Nope. You see what I'm trying to say? So what does that tell you? You know, that's not coincidence. That's deliberate. Yeah. Okay? And it's not no, oh, conspiracy theory. You're delusional. You're you're crazy. I was like, no, that's that's deliberate. I'm not a baby. I'm a grown man. And I know. I've been around the block. That's deliberate. If you can do an article about the uh, power cord on the Xbox One, being a brick that it looks like a VCR that is too big, believe me, you can do an article about stating that it has the capabilities of allowing you to put up to 32 terabytes of storage, external storage. Yeah. Okay? Because gamers will be interesting, interested in knowing that type of information. Yeah. It's kind of like um, uh, we got in the chat, uh, Dan DeAvery, um, a good friend of mine, and he was saying uh, Sony is like Apple with phones, like giving you features. Right, because like, right. like, they're Android. arrogant. They don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's amazing like, that you say that because it's like one of the other questions I was going to ask you is like, do you think that groups like Digital Foundry and YouTubers like Dreamcast Guy, RGT85, Spawnwave, and, and uh, what's the other guy? Crap, not Crap Gamer, but uh, Stone Fox Media and journalists oh, from like polygon and more have done more to damage the xbox brand with their clear bias towards sony and hatred of xbox like do you feel like that's hurt the consumers in the sense that they don't even make the effort to really think for themselves or do their own you know critical thinking and and just trying something out like you know back when you and i were like playing like the older consoles before we had the internet the way it is like we would buy it based off of either 
you know, what we saw in the box art or or what we Articles could read. Now. Read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like these individuals and these companies are damaging Xbox to even when they do well? Like, well, it's kind of ironic that you mentioned Apple because <laughs> it's funny because it, it, in Japan, Apple is very sought off. It's one of the only American products that they actually embrace over there. Okay. And yeah. I guess it's because they're arrogant like most of their ideals in Japan. <laughs> uh, so when it comes to business, right? So it's kind of ironic you said that. But to answer your question, okay, I don't follow Stone Fox Media, Dreamcast Guide, none of those dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them I don't even know. Okay, on a, on a, on a, you can go by, but you can't see. Uh, on a personal level, some of them you don't even, I don't even know. But I have seen some of their stuff, right? And I can definitely tell you without a shadow of a doubt that their behavior and when they're and what they do completely shows and looks like they're doing it because they just want the attention of the clicks. They don't care if it's negative, they don't care if it's the real news, they don't care if they're being honest. They just want views to make yeah. money. They're doing this for money. As opposed to somebody that's a real gamer, that respects gaming, that will do it because, one, they love gaming, and, two, that because they're going to make money doing something they love, right? Mm-hmm. That very dude, that Dreamcast dude, I, I'm like, yo, how do you call yourself the Dreamcast dude, right? If all he ever does is tout PlayStation. When if anybody that was a real Dreamcast person and was in the Dreamcast era knows that most of the people that played on PlayStation then boycotted Dreamcast, didn't even play it, didn't even buy it, and waited a whole year and a half just to get a PS2 because it was going to offer a DVD player. Or because the in paper was supposed to be more powerful. And you call yourself a gamer. You actually didn't buy a console that was running an arcade hardware yep. at, an, at an affordable price with true arcade perfect quality games like Soul Calibur, Zombies Revenge, Sega Bass Fishing, Formula One, Sword of the Berserk. Okay? Just Man. to name a few. The 2K basketball, 2K football, right? Skies of Arcadia, Blue Stinger, right? Fantastic, fantastic games, right? Mm -hmm. That were wonderful and high quality, right? Echo the Dolphin. You know, the more I think of it, the more it comes up, you know, trick styles, right? Yep. And you're calling yourself a hardcore gamer, but yet you didn't bother to buy the console. And it was only $200. So it wasn't because it was too expensive. That wasn't the excuse. Because that was the most powerful console ever in history at an affordable price. Hands down. Even the portables that came out later on weren't as powerful that were that price. The Dreamcast was the most powerful console ever at an affordable price. $199.99. Running a Naomi board one from Sega. Yeah. Right? And these guys were like, oh, 
not blind that. So, look, I have a picture, and I'll send it to you. So maybe one day, uh, you could put it up in one of your videos, or maybe even put it as a thumbnail on this one if you want to, uh, whatever. Showing the dude that back then that worked at Babbage's or EA, mm-hmm. EB, taking his middle finger and saying uh, Dreamcast sucks, right? Mm-hmm. And then 15 years later, he took it again today, and he's still saying the same thing. Those were the first official Sony fanboys from back then. Wow. Because remember, the only competition at that point with Dreamcast was the PlayStation. Yeah. Sony announced that the PS4 was coming out. I mean, 2 was coming out. I think literally was one one week or four days after the launch of the Dreamcast when they had that success that they sold over $100 million in revenue in 24 hours. I think literally a week later, that's when they announced the PlayStation. Yeah. Because they were still arrogant about the success with PS1. So they didn't care. They were like, oh, we don't need to bring another console. But when they saw the Dreamcast have that success so fast, they're like, oh, hold up, hold up. And they made the announcement. But that means that they already had it in plan for a while. They were sitting on it and just milking the PS1 because it was still having success, right? Yep. And and their fans were like, oh, I'm not buying a Dreamcast. What's the point? What do you mean, what's the point? Because regardless whether PS2 came out later with other games and was more powerful, you still were not going to get none of the games that that the Dreamcast offered on PS4 because they were going to be exclusive to Dreamcast only. So why not play the Dreamcast and it would hold you off until the PS2 as a different console to go to? You see yep. what I'm saying? Yep. And mind you, it was the console that birthed Shenmue. Yep. So you're a PS PlayStation fan and you call yourself a Dreamcast guy when ultimately Sony killed Dreamcast. PS2 killed Dreamcast. You see what I'm trying to say? So when that guy, Dreamcast guy, does that and says it's called himself the Dreamcast guy, for me, I laugh. Because I don't think he really is a Dreamcast guy. He might enjoy it and appreciate it, but I don't really think he's a hardcore fan of Dreamcast like I was, for example, or like maybe you were when it came out. I didn't wait for no PS2. Are you retarded? (laughs) I got Dreamcast day one. I spent $1,000 I saved up. $1,000, $1,000, and I bought every launch title. It was 17 titles. Yep, it was. I remember. 17, and I bought each one, each and every one. Okay? And continue to buy them, you know, from Stupid Invaders all the way to the Bonanza Brothers, a bunch of stuff. I bought a bunch of stuff. You know? Oh, man. I remember that game, Silver. Yeah, oh. yeah. Bunch of stuff, man. So many good games in such a short period of time. Quality games, mind you. Yeah. Dreamcast is one of my favorite. You got your money's worth, man, with the Dreamcast. Yeah, Yeah, Dreamcast was the best console of all times, in my opinion. And the reason why I say that, because a lot of people will argue, oh, no, it's the 360, which is a valid argument, is because I said, because one, it was the cheapest, the most powerful, the most Mm -hmm. innovative, and gave you the most games. In a one in, in a year and a half span, in only a year and a half, they did more than some consoles haven't achieved in three or four years. Exactly. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And that's why, for me, even the whole idea with the VMU, when you played your sports games and you could look at the plays right on the VMU, mm-hmm. right? Even that was something that was never done. Till this day, it was never replicated ever. So for me, 
That was the greatest console of all time. The console that did so much, evolved so much in such a short time. And it made it, keyword, affordable. Yep. $199.99. I remember. That console should have lasted easily four years, McKeel. Easily. It, it should have. Whether the PS2 came out or not was irrelevant. It deserved it because it was really, really amazing. Giving yeah. you your bang for your buck. You know what I mean? So kind of like what <laughs> kind of like what's going on with Xbox right now. Maybe not to that scale, but you know, as far as having so much games in such short time, but it's a different time. Games are more expensive to make, obviously. Yeah. And a lot of the things that Sega did then was all in-house because you know it was their own games and properties. So yeah. it made it a little easier, you know. Yeah, like Daytona, eighteen wheeler, Sonic Adventure, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah, it's kind of funny, like that you're saying all that, because like uh, in the comment section, uh, they said the Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast blew a lot of the first gen PS2 games out of the water graphically. And this oh yeah, it even blew out the arcade version for whoever made that comment. Good shout outs to you. Yep. It even blew out the arcade version, and that wasn't a. This is not me making it up. It's a fact. It was even more impressive than the arcade version, meaning it was the first time that a home console was giving you better quality at home than you got in the arcade. I was never heard of. until you know, Obviously, we got it with Neo Geo, but Neo Geo was $800, people. Yeah. $800 in some places. Games were $200 or more. Yes. Astronomically retardedly priced. Some were three fifty, some were three hundred, some were two fifty. You couldn't afford it unless you were super rich. Yeah, and that's why it failed, you know. And, and so Dreamcast did something that no one ever did before. It moved the market where it made arcades so re- irrelevant that the arcades eventually died because you were better, getting better quality at home than you were in the arcade. You know, at the comfort of your own home at affordable prices. Mm-hmm. You know. So for anybody that told me, oh. I'm a Dreamcast guy. And then they love Sony when Sony was pretty much the reason why they went out of business and put the last nail in the coffin, so to speak, uh, because they didn't play nice. Okay. I'm not saying Sega didn't make bad decisions, but they did. But they did it trying to evolve gaming. And people looked at it in the wrong way. Uh, but Sony didn't have a problem pushing that knife in because they wanted to dominate the market again, you know? Yeah. So I, I call the hypocrisy. That's my take on it. So, yes, to answer your question. I do think that the media has a big part to do with the failures and hate and animosity and bias against Xbox. I'm not going to say so much that maybe those other YouTube guys were influencers. Maybe mm-hmm. not as much. But definitely the professional outlets like someone, something like the Gamer game Bolt, gamer Bolts or or like IGN, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, they definitely, because people go there, because there's not too many outlets to go to for gaming information, right? Right. But you know the general public, meaning casuals more than hardcore gamers, because hardcore gamers will know other avenues and venues to go to, like magazines or other websites, right? Mm-hmm. It's so true, though, because it's, it's like, no, no, no. It's like, um, um, you know, like the whole thing, like with him. And I'm not trying to throw shade at 
Dreamcast guy. I know a, a lot of people that really like his stuff, but right, 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 exactly. I don't have no, I don't know the guy personally. I don't have no problems with him either. I don't know the guy. But like for me, like with him and many other of uh, the, the YouTubers there in that whole clique, my problem has been when they put out a lot of false information, and you know, the, and I guess for me, like being on the the side of YouTube where. You know, I'm doing review stuff, like review copies of games and whatnot. There's a lot of integrity issues that I have with a lot, like him and many other YouTubers, where it's like they're just putting out something for views. They'll, they don't care about the content. They'll say whatever. Right. And it's well, like, I think one of the headlines on one of his last uh, videos was, uh, is Microsoft lying about upcoming titles or something like that? I think that was the headline one of his chat, uh, videos lately. Latest videos, wasn't it? Yeah. For Dreamcast guy, the headline was, "Is Microsoft lying about games coming to Xbox?" Or like they're lying to their audience. I'm like, really? I was like, dude, what, what the? Hell? I mean, I didn't see the video. He maybe it was just clickbait, and he really doesn't talk negatively. But just by doing that, and people seeing that, you know how, especially these younger gamers are so easily influenced by uh, what's popular, right? Yeah. Or what the general, or what's the general consensus as far as messaging? They're gonna drive in there and go watch it right away because they're gonna think it's funny. Ah, look, Microsoft gets exposed again. Ah, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and instead of thinking, "Damn, I have my own mind. I'm yeah. my own person. I can care less if somebody thinks the Xbox is garbage or not. If I'm playing it, I'm gonna make my decisions based on my own experiences." which any real gamer should do. And if I like it, I'm going to say it, and I don't give a crap what anybody thinks. And they don't do that. They yeah. just don't do that. You know, I really think there's people out there that legitimately like Xbox and don't speak on it because they're afraid to be looked at like, oh, I do like Xbox. What, are you crazy? And that's sad because it's your own preference. Yeah. Right? That's, that's true. What should it matter? And it's like uh, in the in, <laughs> yeah, I'm loving I'm loving our comment uh, the the chat chat room right now because they said um, reminds me of Dude's channel It's called Beat 'em Ups, but there's nothing about Beat 'em Ups on the channel. LOL. <laughs> and it's so true. It's so true. Again, I'm not trying to throw shade at these guys, but when yeah. you, it, it goes back to like what you and I were talking about before we started the podcast, if you're gonna right. present yourself as something then either you're going to be about it 100% or you're going to get exposed for not being that. Like, you know, it's just, it's it's sad that you got so many people that are in, especially when it comes to YouTube and journalism, they're in it for the, 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 the B status celebrity or not even B status, C status celebrity that they get from it. The clicks, the people sponsoring or donating to their channel or having to pay to be on their friends list on whatever console they have or to play with them. It's right, sad. Right. It's so, it's so, it, you know, and I, I, and, like, I don't understand. I know what you're getting at. And, and, yeah. and to add to what you're saying, I don't understand what is so hard about just being honest, being real and building up an audience based on your integrity because you're honest. Yeah. If people respect you, they're going to respect you no matter what. And for being honest, they'll respect you even more. 
But for being a clickbaiter and just saying things like everybody else and just basically repeating what everybody else is saying, <clears throat> it kind of gets redundant. And then you get, you're like, what? Well, I mean, why do I really want to watch you if I can go to 20 other people that are saying the same thing and doing the same thing you're doing? Yeah. It's just your point of view of it, right? Or you're yeah. saying it in a different way with your own style of speaking or words or wording, right? So just be real. You're going, believe me, people respect honesty, okay? Especially intelligent people. And that is ultimately your goal as an entertainer or as a person that wants to be respected as a media for gaming, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a hobby. It doesn't matter if it's looked at as, oh, this is just uh, for kids. If you want to be respected, being honest will bring you a real audience. There's no need for the for the for the the uh, constant bashing uh, to get those clicks in. You know what I mean? There's no need for it. You don't need to do that. You can say your, your critiques and your disagreements, but you can do it in a professional manner where it doesn't come out as you being a hater or uh, biased, if you will. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, which is what I try to do when I talk about Sony. In my channel, and I own PS4. I have every exclusive, and I'm playing all the exclusives that I, that they have. And you know, I just try to do it in an honest way. I say, look, I enjoy the games, but when you're telling me that Shadows of the Colossus, a ten-year-old remake, is a nine out of seven, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I don't, I don't laugh, the game is dated because of it, of, of the fact that it's an old game, right? Exactly. And you, you want Something like, uh, I don't know, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest is not a 9.7 and it's an 8. When Ori and the Blind Forest is a masterpiece in its own right because it's a traditional Metroid and Zelda style guy, game, right? Yeah. And it's amazing. Artistically, story, everything, right? Gameplay, -wise, everything. You can see it was a labor of their love. And you have the complete disrespect and the audacity to say that Shadow of the Colossus 9.7 and Ori is only at 7. I can't take you seriously. You see what I'm saying? I can respect your opinion if you tell me why you like Shadow of the Colossus better. Right? Because that's different. But to blatantly sit there and say that it doesn't compare when Ori is actually offering you more in gameplay and in originality and in style, right? And it's significantly And cheaper. immersion, right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I, you know what I mean? And this is the first time I played Shadow of the Colossus for the first time. I've owned it on all platforms and never played it through the whole thing. I Same played it on here. PS4. Same here. And I was like, damn, what is the big deal about the game? It's just you kill the Colossus, you go back, you, you get consumed, you go back to the next one. And so you kill all 16 Colossi. And then they end up making this crazy thing where you turn into a little kid at the end of the fucking story. I'm like, yeah. what? And, and what it lived to me which my son pointed out, is like you turn to the little kid from Eco. Yeah. And I so think is it's, that it's, it's uh, so, the prequel to it. So is it a prequel? Because they yeah. keep saying it's a spiritual successor, but is it a prequel to Ico? Is that what that is? And you're Ico now? You know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. The point is that, that I found the game, it was it was decent. It was good. But I, I thought it was more like a 7.5, maybe an 8, but a 9.7? Mm -hmm. Are you freaking kidding me right now? No, <laughs> no, no, no. And that, if that doesn't tell you 
or, or kind of opens your eyes of how things are this generation in gaming in general as a whole, right? That speaks volumes. If that doesn't tell you, I don't know what will, you know? Oh, man. Uh, uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask you this, too. Like, do you feel right. like the success of Sea of Thieves, do you yes. feel like despite all the hate from YouTubers and journalists yeah. and trolls, do you feel like the success of Sea of, Three, of, sea of Thieves has discredited yeah. the hate from YouTubers and journalists? Because I feel like it, it's an amazing game, and you have to have an imagination. And even Microsoft has admitted it's not for everybody. But right. you've got so many people, and I'm seeing so many people. They popped out reviews. They came out. Oh, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. And they already right, right. said there's going to be more content coming. Oh, it doesn't tell me what to do. Well, have an imagination. Hop in a boat and just sail around. <laughs> well, this is the best way I can put it. I can see from your point of view and my point of view how it would discredit YouTubers. Mm -hmm. But since we don't know them personally and we have class, right? And we're adults, me and you, mm -hmm. right? We can honestly say that we don't know. Maybe they legitimately just don't like the game, right? Mm -hmm. But just because they said they don't like the game doesn't mean that all the other people that are saying that they do like it doesn't mean that they don't like it. Exactly. And I've literally heard people say, you guys are lying. Stop damage controlling. You don't like the game. You're just saying it because that's the only exclusive you got. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry for the curse. No, man. go ahead, man. I don't it want you to think that I'm a potty mouth. It just gets me so frustrated. I'm like, no, are you serious? Fine. How can you tell another person that Shadow of the Colossus is amazing? But you're telling tell that person that CFTs is garbage when it's doing more in its in-game gameplay mm -hmm. that you've never done before in another game ever before. It's doing new things that you've never really done before. No matter how simple it looks. Because there is a difference with lack of content and repetitive content. Mm -hmm. Content in CFTs doesn't really have a big variety, right? Mm -hmm. But it has a lot of that non-viority content. There's a lot of content. It's yeah. just not a lot of viority because it's a build. It's a game that they're building as it goes. I mean, you know, game as a service. They're gonna build as it goes along. But when you're playing it, to be honest with you, if you want to get technical, part of the breathing, living immersion of the content is the player that's playing on the servers with you, because yeah. at any given moment. You can get attacked by other people. Then mm -hmm. that's when the dynamic of the game comes in. And then while your guys are fighting each other, guess what? A Kraken comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, crap. Or a storm comes. Mm -hmm. So many little innuendos and nuances that make the game very enticing and refreshing. It's like you're building your own story with your own Legos. If it was physical. Difference mm -hmm. being, this is digital. But just playing out just hate on the game? Yes, I think you as having the responsibility as a YouTuber trying to be a journalist in gaming through YouTube, your responsibility is to basically be clear. And I'm not saying that some people are not. Some people legitimately say, I played it, but I'm not going to knock the people who like it. 
I can see why they do. I just, for me, doesn't have enough content for me to like it enough now, right? Mm-hmm. And th- that's different. Those people completely respect because they're at least doing it professionally, right? Correct. But the so, guys that are doing it where it's just like, oh, it's trash. And they only played it maybe an hour, maybe two, or played it with people that don't know how to play because that's another factor. Yeah. You got to play with people that are willing to invest enough time to learn how to play the game to play the game right. You know? Mm-hmm. Now with people that are, as soon as they go in, they're already with that mindset, oh, this is garbage. If you're going in with that mindset, you're never going to enjoy it, ever. You're never going to understand what it's trying to offer because you're exactly. already going in with that. I hate this game. This game is garbage. For that, you're better off just not be- playing it at all. I'm like, mm-hmm. you better just say, I'm not playing it. That's it. I don't care. You know, yeah. which, 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 which would make me respect you even more because at least you're being honest. <laughs> yeah. Just don't like it. Like what I told you before we got on there, right? Mm-hmm. I said I never bothered to invest in the Yakuza series out of principle because Sega got me upset because they should have put it on Xbox and they never did. I didn't lie about it. So for me to see you and go say, Yakuza's trash, it would be kind of ignorant on my part. Mm-hmm. But if in my personal taste I feel that it is trash, that's different. That's my own personal feelings. Yeah. But I can't speak for the general audience. I can't say that for everybody because then I'll be looking like some crazy maniac. Like, you know? Uh, and again, I get it. They gave it to PlayStation because it was, they gave exclusive to everybody, really. They had Condemn exclusive for Xbox, you know? But what happened mm-hmm. with Condemn 2? It came to PlayStation. So why yeah. they couldn't reciprocate that same love to Xbox with Yakuza? Give us at least one of them so we could get the idea of what it is, right? Yeah. They didn't do that. So out of principle, I didn't bother to support it. Although, because now we're going to have access to all of them on PS4, uh, yeah. my sons want me to kind of get it. So I think I'm going to take the dive to try to play it uh, because they're interested. And if they're interested, I don't mind buying it because I know at least somebody will play it. Yeah, uh, And it also give me the option if I ever want to go to it and play it, I also can try it because I own it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, it's a win-win, no matter what. Uh, you know, plus I'm not trying to be a hater just for the sake of haters. I like to do things out of principle, you know, and have a reasoning, a, a real rational and and logical reasoning for my actions, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it could discredit them, but uh, I don't know, Mikeel. I think gamers are smart enough. And, and and deserve more credit than we might think, even though there's a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. I think anybody that plays CFDs that really wants to try it and likes it is not going to give two rats hoots about what anybody says negative about the game. Yeah, you can go ahead and it's say like, it. They're not going to give two rats asses. Yeah, <laughs> just like you and just like me. <laughs> we don't care. Listen, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But yet you're the same person touting something like Persona 5 because yeah. it's it's got a story that's really gritty and 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 trivial and very dark and personal for some people, and you know that's fine. But the same way you understand persona, and some people may think you're a weirdo, is the mm-hmm. same way we understand Sea of Thieves, and some people may think that we're stupid because they think the game is corny, right? Yeah, it works both ways. Yeah. So great, great question, great question. But <laughs> you know, again, that's how I feel about. It. I don't even like multiplayer, and I'm loving Sea of Thieves because it's fun. <laughs> 
I, I did a three hour sleep uh stream with my boy uh New Legal. He has a channel called mm-hmm. uh uh, uh direct gaming and we did a stream mm-hmm. for three hours and i kid you not it was the most fun i've had in a long time with some friends playing a game it was awesome uh i'll give you a link to his uh, channel when we finish so if you want to go support him because he's uh, awesome he's part of my personal uh gaming xbox group uh called the uh, uh, the infinite rooms of the dx mansion okay all right i definitely like- check him out <laughs> Uh, one of my next questions is going to be, um, do you think that Microsoft has taken Xbox in a different direction with the, the one, you know, the one S one X game pass and EA access? I think Microsoft has done everything they possibly have could think of and conjure up to make the Xbox one console and platform Mm -hmm. as appealing and friendly to the consumer as possible. Game pass is something that, if you as a gamer or a casual don't see the absolute kind gesture, right? If you will, for lack of, uh, to, to put it in words, that that is, then I don't know what's wrong with you. You go into the, the, a place and you buy a console like a PlayStation or even a Switch, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to buy a game, right? Because it doesn't come with one, right? unless mm-hmm. it's bundled, right? It's $60, if you want to buy two games, that's another 60 We're talking about $120. Here you go. You buy an Xbox One console, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a free code for a whole month for Game Pass. Has a 100 games or over 100 games. Yep. Exclusives included. We have Dead Rising 3, for Christ's sakes, in Game Pass. Recore. Sunset Overdrive, I think, is even in Game Pass. I'm not even sure. Yep, Gears of War 4. Uh, you got uh, yeah, yeah, Gears of War. Thieves. Thieves. And they're telling you, you buy our console, you own, and you just put the code and you're ready to go. For me, as a casual, as a, somebody coming in, that's more uh, appealing and would make me hesitate to buy the console ASAP. And then, you know what? A lot of people don't even know this because the messaging is not out there. You go to GameStop, they don't even tell these people. No. There was I was in GameStop a, a couple of weeks ago. There was this young kid that he really wanted Xbox One X badly, right? Mm-hmm. But he had two fears. One, that his other friends were on the S, and he thought that he couldn't play with them on the X mm-hmm. if he played them in Overwatch, because Overwatch was the game that he really liked. And when I sat there and explained to his dad and to him, because they had the language barrier, they only spoke, spoke mainly Spanish, Mm-hmm. The other guy was trying to sell him a PS4 Pro, right? Mm-hmm. That worked at GameStop to play Overwatch. He didn't even know that he could play Overwatch at the best quality, which was native 4K in mm-hmm. 60 frames on the X. He was trying to push the Pro on him, right? Yeah. And so I said, look, I don't mean to interview. It's none of my business, but I'm going to explain this to you because you don't have no idea. And I see that he's not explaining it. And I pushed him to the side. And I explained it to him. And he didn't even know that he could play with his friends on the S, on the X. Mm-hmm. And then I told his father, it comes with a code, and he has access to over 100 games right with that code. He just puts it in, and you don't have to buy a game for him right now because he wanted Overwatch, but they didn't have it. And as soon as I explained it to him, they bought it. It was instantly. His father didn't think twice. He didn't think twice. He's like, Dad, get it for me, and they bought it. 
Some people will look at that like, oh, shit, you're a corporate slave to Microsoft. Why do you do that? I'm like, no. I want to tell the truth and the honest reality to, to people that are, are not aware. <laughs> because I guarantee you, if more people were aware of what you're getting, he didn't even know how had a 4K player in the console. Yeah. Like, I've run into people that still think that it has DRM or that GTA is exclusive to the PS4. When it came out on 360 and PS3, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Okay, that's how bad it is out here. But I'm telling you, I'm being. I've actually, I've run into the, I've run into situations like that too, where um, even you know my local GameStops out here in Hawaii, where okay. they will, you know, I've had people go in there asking like, what's the difference between the one, the one S, the one X, and the staff there. The it, I don't know if it's a lack of knowledge or if it's uh, they, they have yeah, not. Yeah, they don't care or if there's like some type of business deal they have with Sony, like the corporation has with Sony. But they heavily push um, they heavily push the PlayStation. And I've had to literally because I haven't worked at GameStop in, in over a decade. And I would have to like when I'm in there, I'm just listening. I have to step up and say something. I'm like, OK, look, that's not true. It's just a more, it's the most powerful console. If you want to be able to use 4K, you want to be able to have 4K HDR, you want to run a game 60 frames per second, you know, if you want more options plus the 4K Blu ray player, because I've seen GameStop guys lie and tell people that you don't need to get the X or the S, you can get the 4K Blu ray player in any of the PlayStations. And I'm like, no, I've that's seen not true. that in Best Buys where they told people that the PlayStation 4 Best is Buy the too. real. 4K platform and not Xbox One. Exactly. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I've seen it. And let me tell you, what's the first, since you've worked in business before as customer service, what's the first thing customers usually tend to ask if they don't know something? They uh, say, what is the best out of these products for the price I'm paying? Mm-hmm. That's usually the general consensus, consensus of the question, right? They go, mm-hmm. out of these two consoles, which one gives you the best and what offers what for the price I'm paying? Mm-hmm. That's so true. you who as the consumer, you know, as, as the seller, your responsibility is to tell them the truth because Sony's not paying you and Xbox is not paying. Yeah. So you just tell them the truth. And I guarantee you, if that truth was practiced and told every time, nine times out of ten, the consumer buying would probably buy the Xbox before the PlayStation. Yeah. And that was one of the things, because I used to work for Microsoft, and and I've been on both the uh, games division side when I lived in Washington, and also the retail side when I was a trainer. And when I would go to, like, stores like Microsoft Store, uh, Best Buy, GameStop to train the staff, the one thing I kept seeing was they were always trying to, sell like oh the playstation is just so much better that's blah 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 and they're like well how do i just get people to buy that more than the xbox i'm like you shouldn't really do that you need to ask questions to gain an understanding look at what their 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 preferences are going to be if they're going to be more into japanese style anime games or, or jrpgs of course then yes. t- steer them towards the playstation 4. but if you're looking for a console has the best experience when it comes to multi-plats two generations straight, if Mm -hmm. not three generations straight, and solid, dedicated servers, the best online experience for a console, 
then you cannot not steer them towards Xbox. Absolutely. They're like, oh, but the graphics, I'm like, like, the graphics, that's really subjective because a lot of that digital foundry will make up stuff. And they've been caught in that. 100% clear, right, on it. Yeah. And they've been caught, like, with that whole thing with uh, Red Out. They almost got sued. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, look at this, Nikhil. Let's be honest. Most people, when they're going to buy, they know what they want, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they're not aware of what they want. So you don't really have to speak a lot to them. But I've seen a lot of people go in, and the, like I said, their question is, my son wants to get this and he wants to get that. Mm-hmm. Which one should I get, and which one is giving me more for my money, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said already multiple times, they steer them towards PlayStation. Yeah. It's like let's add Nintendo into the mix. If 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 if, if having more cartoon heavy style platformers is what you like or your son likes, yeah, then your best bet is to get a Nintendo because they do it the best. They're yeah. the masters of the platformers. Okay, yeah. Let's be honest. That's there's no it stands or buts. You see what I'm saying? So, um. That's what you would do, right? Because it's the right thing to do. And I don't understand what it is. I, I don't know. I think it's because maybe maybe game places like GameStop and Best Buy feel like they get more value from the PlayStation you know, audience because remember, Microsoft has stores, you know? Yeah. And I think they did that on purpose. That was a deliberate thing because they kind of know and probably have people working for them that go go into stores like, excuse me, like a Best Buy or like mm-hmm. a GameStop and realize the bias maybe. Mm-hmm. And they started opening more stores worldwide, if you notice, you know? Yeah. They don't need GameStop. If GameStop closed down today, Microsoft don't need GameStop to sell their product. And they the, just biggest, their own store. the biggest thing, too, was with the Game Pass and the Microsoft Store. That was the biggest blow to GameStop. But they, but they, but they did that on their own. Yeah, they made their, they made their own hole. They, deep, deep, deep hole. To, Microsoft right now just don't doesn't care if they go out of business or not because all they did they were the first ones to throw hate and shade. They would say to people, "Oh, you can't play the Xbox. It's DRM." Even after that, never came to even fruition. It was just a thought, and even mm-hmm. they changed it. And they would say that to people right in the beginning of the generation. They would literally tell people that. Because yep. I would tell people, I would say, no, 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 what are you talking about? No, no, they took that out. You can play your news game. Really? What are you talking about? Yeah, you can. That's a lie. And then the GameStop employers would get mad at me. They look at me like, oh, motherfucker, you bum. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like laugh out of satisfaction because I know you should not be lying. Because you shouldn't change somebody's opinion and thought about a product or something they want to buy because you don't like a product. You know what I mean? That's not cool. You know, like, you know, Sony ain't paying your bills, and neither. You know what I mean? So what? Especially a company like them that that you'll buy a game today, trade it in tomorrow, and and then you go back the next day, and they want to sell sell you the same game they gave you five or fifteen dollars for for fifty five dollars. Like what? Are you serious? Why would you want to protect somebody like that? Why would you care if they stay in business or not? They looked for it. They yeah. made their own bed. Now they have to lay on it. 
I don't feel sympathy for people like that. And you should see the stories that come out of there, the horror stories, because I know a lot of people that work there. And you go on YouTube and you see the horror story, you're like, what? They used to do that. What? Are yep. you serious? It's true. They're very, very flaky as a company. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying that other companies don't do that, but they're the most main, uh, you know, centric game company that people trust, especially the casuals that are not hardcore like us that don't know all the ins and outs, you know? And it's mm -hmm. sad because they're getting abused and taken advantage of when it shouldn't be the case, you know? Yeah. It's like when you go to a mechanic, you don't want to be ripped off just because he knows you don't know what the difference is when something's wrong with your car or not. He should be honest because he respects your and values your 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 you being a customer so that you can continue to come to him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's been stories of mechanics that you take something in to get fixed and they'll mess something up on purpose so that you come back. Yeah, that's true. You see what I'm trying to say? That's crazy. You know? Yeah, but you go ahead. You could ask me the next question if you have another one. Pretty sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, this is just like that topic right there. I could go in on. Oh man, we could do a whole it. podcast about that topic. I'm telling you. Pretty I, sure. I swear, like GameStop, like I've had one instance recently, like okay. within this past week, this last week. When like I was in a game, okay. yeah, like last week, last week Thursday, when I was in GameStop, and one of the the GameStop associates was saying to a, to a mom who didn't know anything about the Nintendo Switch or anything, and she just wanted to buy it because that's where her kids want it. She just like, I want to buy it. Do you guys have okay. it? Yes, we have it. And then she's like, Okay, I'm gonna buy that. Okay. Then the next thing that person says is, Well. Are you going to get, like, a screen protector, a carrying case, a pro controller? Because it's right. not going to work unless you have these. I was disgusted. <laughs> I'm like, the foolishness right now, the foolery is... I, I stepped in. I'm like... I'll tell, you this. I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. And this is because I know a couple of branch managers. Mm -hmm. They are trained to sell you the used stuff. Right off the back, yeah. before the new stuff. They will literally tell you a lie and tell you the game is not in stock, even though they have it in stock, so that you buy the used game. Yeah. Because that's full profit to them. Yeah. And I and I'm telling you, this is a this is a true story. <laughs> you know, and I'm and I think Microsoft kind of knows that, and that's why they said, fuck you, Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean. I know it's far-fetched because they don't have every single game in there. But yeah. ultimately, that's their idea, that they will have enough games in there that it would be, shout-outs to my you know, my, my, my brother from another console as well, Sega Forever, that mm -hmm. it would ultimately be like Netflix, you know? Yeah. That it gives you content that's exclusively to that service so mm -hmm. that you keep coming, you know, uh, back for more. Yeah. Uh, and it makes sense. As a business, it makes sense. Um do I agree and do I want them to go completely full service based? No. I'll be honest, right here live in front of everyone. If gaming goes there is only full service without consoles, I will stop gaming uh, in general mm -hmm. because I'm too old school. I like the traditional console. I love having me my games. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm a very advent supporter of physical because yeah. it's like I tell people that 
although digital is the most amazing thing ever and the most convenient thing, and it has way more pros than cons, that one con that it has outweighs all the other pros, which is licensing rights. Yep. Once you lose the license rights to any of those games, you have the potential to never have access it access to it ever again. Mm-hmm. And if you lose that access, even though you pay money for that game, it's gonna piss me off. Yep. You can't steal my disc that I paid physical. Yep. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I promote physical. And a lot of people are like, you're a dinosaur. You need to stop the old ways. I say, look, let me be a dinosaur. I'll, guess what? If we have a blackout, or if the world loses power, or if the internet shuts down, I'll be the only dinosaur playing you while you're looking at your at your wall because you can't play your digital games. So how yeah. about that? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's how I look at it, you know? All right. I got one last question I'm going to ask. Uh, do you think that this generation of gamers... Are they people who actually play video games for fun, or do you think they only play what is popular and don't play what's not popular because gaming is the trend? It seems like this generation started maybe mid-360 era. Like, what is... I know we touched on it, but I want to see if we can get some more meat out of it. Well, I think all you have to say is PUBG and Fortnite. That'll give you your answer right there. PUBG and Fortnite, okay? PUBG is what's trending, right? Mm -hmm. Since the PC. And look how well it's doing on Xbox, right? And then we got Fortnite. It's free. Yes, you pay for microtransactions, but it's free. And I think that's the problem. That developers have just... Haven't figured out a way to to entice, right? Mm -hmm. Gamers of this generation... Easily so that they come play their games when they're not designed to be like what's popular, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you see games like Recore or games like Super Lucky's Tales or games like, you know, uh, uh, something we had recently. That's just, I'm trying to think something we might have recently that didn't do it or Hellblade, right? Yeah. For example, that they're good quality games, but they, don't sell enough in the numbers. You know what I mean? Hellblade mm-hmm. sold only 250, 250,000 on the PS4, right? And another 250,000 on PC. Or let's say 350 on the PS4 and 150 on the PC. Mm-hmm. But the developer, because they spend a lot of money out of pocket, but it was all the money's going directly to them because the game was only $30 and well priced, mm-hmm. giving you a AAA quality experience, right? Mm-hmm. They made the profit. But as a whole to Sony, it didn't make them a profit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, it's coming to Xbox. So they're trying to find a second wind of the game because nobody's buying it. That's just the reality of it. You know, but when you see games like Fortnite that people play it, and I'm not saying that Fortnite's a bad game. Obviously, it can't be a bad game that terrible because that many people are engaged playing it. But at the same time, you can make the argument that you're playing it, but it's free. Because it's true, it is free. Yeah, that's so, true. So, so that question you're saying to me is, I uh, yes, I do believe, and I do cold heartedly believe and feel that most gamers of this generation play games, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, because it's a trend and not because they actually have their own feeling and thoughts on it and actually like it genuinely. And I'm not saying they're all like this, but I think a big majority are like this. Perfect example. I'm a beat em up action hack and slash games. Okay. For me, Ninja Gaiden is one of the greatest action games, well balanced, well formulated of all time. Agreed. Right? Then we have games like Dante's Inferno, Ninja Blade, games like Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2, games that were masterpieces in their own right, right? Mm-hmm. Action hack and slashes. And now the only ones that are being pushed over that people love are the ones like are in the same style as Dark Souls. Yeah. Which Dark Souls is designed by design is designed so that you have to keep dying so that you can keep building yourself up so that you can get stronger and get better stuff that you need, whether it's weapons, magics, uh, armory, whatever, so that you can defeat certain set characters, right? And I'm not saying all characters, the main characters, like the bosses, uh, the regular, uh, you know, NPCs that you, you know, face during the process of the game. Mm-hmm. You just gotta, you know, it's just basically trial and error, trial and error. Which me, for me, that's not fun. For me, that's a tedious style of gameplay, mm-hmm. right? And I know a lot of people may see this podcast and be like, "Oh, this guy's crazy." What are you talking about? Dark, Dark well, Souls and and Bloodborne. You, you got a new best friend in the you know? chat. He he loves anything you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. What I'm saying is, yes, it's not that it's bad. But when you come from my generation, right, of action mm-hmm. games, right, like Ninja Gaiden and like your Bayonettas and like your Dante's Infernos and Ninja Blade, you know, you can't skip bosses and no Ninja Gaiden. I'm sorry. Yeah. You see? You have to play these things. And if you play Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Master, you're not going to tell me and sit there. You're going to beat that game or be able to finish it just like that. Most people can't even finish it. That's true. They just break the disc and keep on going. They say, oh, fuck this. You know, excuse my life. Freak this game. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I know that because I've seen it. You know? So my point that I'm trying to say is I'm not saying that those games are bad. I respect mm-hmm. people that like them. My son loves them. And I respect that. But me being such an avid beat-em-up and hack-and-slash style game and, and lover of those genres... I find it to be very tedious. It's more of a gotta die, trial and error. I don't like that. That roll, roll, dodge, attack. Roll, roll, dodge, attack. I don't like that style. And I know as you play the game, you could there's other options of how to play it that give you more liberty. But it's like I told this one dude, when you play with the weapons, they never feel different or distinctive. Yeah. Each weapon feels exactly the same, even if you level them up. When you play something like Ninja Gaiden, you have to use certain weapons for certain certain particular characters. And yep. they all have their own distinct feel and and style and attributes and even magics that they provide. So it may, you have to use every button of that controller and you have to master every weapon. And if, each weapon opens up a slew of moves of like about 30 moves for each weapon. You see what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And that's not including your magics, your shurikens, your smoke bombs, your grenades. You see? So for me, I don't consider those action games. And I hope 
in the general sense, and again, I don't want to offend nobody because I know people are going to be triggered when they hear me say this. I just hope that they, all industry kind of stirs away from that a little bit and that, yes, they can keep making them. Let's mm-hmm. start making more of the old school style like Ninja Gaiden and go back to those roots because I, there's gamers out here that still are yearning and for them, that mm-hmm. need them, that want them. And there's room for all types of games. We can have our Dark Souls and we can have our Ninja Gaidens. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And I just got, I'm kind of mad, but uh, the reason why I brought it up is because like your blood, like, you, I mean, like your Fortnites and your PUBGs, here you go. Now you have your Dark Souls, Dark Souls lovers. Everything wants to be Dark Souls now. Everything from Surge. And now we're going to have Code Vein, Bloodborne. Uh, the you know uh, the other one that was made, uh, Lord uh, Lords of the Fallen, I think it was called. Yeah, uh, everything wants to try to use that formula. Even the new God of War, the word is that it has some type of feel to mm-hmm. like that Dark Horse style. Uh, I don't know how true that is, because uh, for me personally, it looks more like Rise as far as the I said know, that different type of style. Hella hate. Like, I got so much hate when I said it. I'm like, man, it looks like it plays like Rise. I got right, so which, much which, hate which, You that. know when Rise came out, everybody was like, this game is trash! Yep. Well, we got a sword and a shield, and that's it! What the hell? And then what are, you, what are they telling you now? We got a war. You only got an axe and a shield. And then your son, that is using that Last of Us formula, where it's helping you to do... To, he'll, you'll throw him to get to a certain lever. Mm-hmm. Basically, the puzzle elements of the game. So that you can get to higher ground because he doesn't jump, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, which is understandable because they're trying to make you feel like you're having an establishing a relationship with your son. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, for all those who think that that just started with Last of Us, which a lot of people argue with me, that did not start with Last of Us. That started with a game from Sega on PS2 that was exclusive called Blood Will Tell. Yep. Okay. So, um, for those who don't know, go in and you can go look at this game with uh, my man uh, Yakumaru. I think it was Yakimaru. That was his name. Yeah. And the little girl's name was Dorudo. And basically, he was missing 48 internal parts of his body because his father wanted to be the head general of uh, feudal Japan, of an army, and he made a pact with the fiends. And what they told him was, when you have your firstborn, we're going to take 48 parts of his body. So he's going to be born handicapped, basically. And after he was born, the father disowned him, couldn't take the fact that he was disabled, threw him in a riverine, you know, in the river, and mm-hmm. he drifted off. And there was a blacksmith that found him. And when that blacksmith found him, he basically created the body parts that he needed out of wood and metal. And all his body parts were weapons. Yep. And every time, and so what Dorudo, what Yakumaru did was he went out and searched for the fiends and he vowed to kill all of them. And so as you go along killing them, you retain back your original body part. The game starts in black and white because he's missing his eyes. So when he goes and fights the first fiend, he retains his first eye and then the game goes into color. Then it finally has color when you get the first fiend when you get your eye. Dorudo helps him along the way to find the other fiends, secret passageway, and open up areas so he can get to. So that formula 
started with that game. <laughs> and for those who may not know. Um, so, you know, for that's either here and there. I just wanted to uh, talk about it because it's an overrated Xbox. I mean, PS2 game from Sega that was exclusive for PlayStation. And I guarantee you a lot of PlayStation guys never even played the game. And no. it was a phenomenal game. You're Phenomenal. right. A lot of them, like when you said Blood Will Tell, I was like, oh my god. Even like uh, my, my man Dan that's in the chat right now, he is like, oh boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, the, he said, there goes the nostalgia tears again. And he, he, oh, wanted, yeah. he oh, wanted to ask a question. He's like, what do y'all, uh, what do we think of the Shinobi and Nightshade games on the PS2? I love them. They were good games. They were good games. The only problem with them was. Jesus Christ. I think they were held back as far as exploring more freedom in the gameplay mechanics because of the limitations of the PS2 hardware. Because the OG Xbox, when you saw Ninja Gaiden and played it, it was like nothing you've ever played before. So you're like, holy crap. What the hell is this? Tomunobu with a gaki just bodied everybody. He did. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the, in the, in the action, you know? Everybody. To this day, that game is still unmatched. Okay? Yeah. The only thing that comes close is Platinum Games, Bayonetta. Yeah. In my opinion. Okay? Devil May Cry, yes. It's up there, too. It's probably the third place. I'm not getting knocking Devil May Cry either because Devil May Cry is a classic. I'm not saying that. But, um, and I think that's the problem with the Nightshade and the uh, Shinobi. Very good, but they felt more enclosed. Uh, you don't really have a sense of freedom in the combat. It's itself plus shinobi had more of a simple uh attacks it was more like a slash the shuriken and the running the wall running and certain air jumps and attacks it wasn't like a slew of weapons that you did a plethora of moves like you did with ninja guided so ninja guided kind of spoiled the crap out of all of us and it was because <laughs> it was on a more powerful console which was the yeah. og xbox and i think that's the only reason but they're still respectively in their own space in the hardware that was there, very good games. Yes, I love Shinobi. I love Ninja Gaiden. If you give me a sec, I'll show you how much I still love them because I still own them. The PlayStation, Zach, please. Now I'll show you on camera. But yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do enjoy the game. I do like them. I still own them. Uh, but I'm gonna do it with proof because a lot of people that see my stuff and see me talk in podcasts and videos. They're like, oh, you are fraud. You just talk, but you don't have, you don't show anything. That's not true. And I'm, you know, so, you know, or my, my boy here, Mikael, I'm going to, that's okay, let it fall. It's all right. I'm going to show it uh, in, 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 in live, right? So that nobody <laughs> could ever question my integrity and question Mikael. First of all, here's Blood Will Tell. Classic. You see? Classic. That's number one. PlayStation 2, you see? Yep. Has number one. And then uh, I have the... Uh, this gave me another set. Has to be the, the Gunbrake series and the Shinobi. All of them. Just, don't worry. Just give me all of them. It's all right. Uh, so, yeah, me, me, uh, Mikel, uh, I, I So, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm earning fans of yours on your on your, on your, on your, on your yeah. live chat. Yeah, because Din, Din's actually a YouTuber, too. Um, he's oh, got... Cool, cool. Um, He's also like one of the heads of Brawlers Avenue. Like they do a lot of they're, they're basically a collective of people that love brawlers. And nice. They're who actually introduced me to Fight and Rage, 
and oh, I'm nice, nice. You gotta get that game. Oh no, no. Let me tell you, uh, Vito Mosa, my favorite. Look, look. So look, I still have my Gungrave. Gungrave. Oh man. Vega. PS2. And uh, just to show, show the proof is here. Look, I have Shinobi. I love that artwork too. My cover was dynamic. <laughs> See, and I still owned my Nightshade. Yep. See, yes, too. And we'll do. We'll go one further. Look, just so you know, I opened it up. Look. Disc <laughs> because people will be like, Oh, it's just an empty box. <laughs> oh, no, dude, I gotta cover all my angles because everybody thinks I'm a fraud, but they don't understand the type of level of gaming that I'm in and that I bring and, and can present because I have so I have over like 2,000 games. Put it that way look, Gungrave Overdose, which was the sequel. That was an excellent one, too. Okay, I still have Genji, Genji's probably one of my favorite PS2. Oh, games. yo. <laughs> Oh yeah, by the way, look. Uh I have Route 66, which is the sequel to 18 Wheeler that only came out to PlayStation mm. 2. Sega, you see in the corner? Yeah. That's the sequel. Then I had, uh, you know, Red Star, which only came out in PlayStation as well. Another another Man. Red Star. Uh, listen, I have Odin Sphere, so I didn't have to rebuy it on PlayStation before. <laughs> there you go. For those who are like, what? You don't buy games? I was like, of course I don't. <laughs> <laughs> And then I have another Sega game they made that was pretty awesome. Astro, Astro Boy. Boy. Oh. There you go. There's Astro Boy. Uh, here's my uh, here's my Genji. Look. Oh man, I got so many. I got so many memories of that game so it's right like there. Bujin guy, Chaos Legion. Um, I have a bunch of stuff. So much. I just gotta look through my stuff, like I said, and then look. Ah, uh, yes, Vampire, Vampire Nights, Nights. Yeah. Oh. from Namco and Sega, by the way. <laughs> they collaborated on the rail shooter. It's an arcade classic as well that only came out on PlayStation Two. Unfortunately, because I wish we could have had an arcade perfect one, but yeah, yeah. So again, I, I'm sorry I took a little longer with that. That's just to prove in in, in life podcast form here with Mikhail because this man has a lot of integrity and I don't want to embarrass him uh, that I do own them because uh, I'm a man of my word. I don't I don't I don't play the the false the fallacy that a lot of these dudes do. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. absolutely absolutely uh, man, I, I hope you and guys I hope you guys enjoyed that. I had fun showing them from the you know, the comment the chat section right now they loved it man I gotta say it again. I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. I got the utmost <laughs> and oh, no. uh definitely need to set like a time where I can get you Sega Forever. If you I mean if anything, oh, you don't want me to Sega Forever together, you you you're gonna be in a gaming coma. 
Yo, we need to just get this like because I feel like I, I said it in the the chat earlier. I feel like real gamers who are passionate about gaming. I feel like it's such a rare breed. And when you get yeah, the meat, yeah, yeah. when you get the yeah, meet get other saying, people man. that love gaming as much as you do, and you could just talk about stuff, it's so right, refreshing. Right. Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. I absolutely understand a hundred percent. And it's funny because you know people go. Well, you're 42 years old. What are you doing still playing game? It's like, uh, so because you're 42 years old, that means you don't want to be with women. If you love women, like that's it's the same thing. If you enjoy something, you do it and you keep on uh, respecting it because it makes you happy. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? You know, you don't even want to see behind me. If you could actually see, I have my whole Masters of the Universe collection figures in back there you can't see it because it's dark in my house <laughs> and believe me I, one day i gotta do a whole video showing my whole collection because it's it's, uh, it's pretty big i do mean 20 it. years of recollect it's huge and then people it. and the people have asked me but i'm like i don't even know if i have the strength to do it <laughs> it's, it's too much it's like holy crap uh so yeah no but me mikhail i i i it's been i've been i feel so honored and so humbled, like I said, for you to reach out to me and, and invite me to your show. I'm so glad that I actually ran into it and actually discovered it. Thanks to my friend, Sega Forever, that I saw your interview, which was excellent. Um, you know, I, I'm just glad that I'm able to help another fellow YouTuber that really enjoys game and respects it and loves it and mm -hmm. wants to build this brand and want to build a brand based on honesty and love and respect to the hobby which yeah. is what i stand for or what I, at least i try to stand for on my channel you know what i mean whether i get hate or not it comes with the territory i can't make everybody agree with me and i can't make everybody try to see it from my point of view from my perspective mm -hmm. because everybody's different you know some people are just swayed in one way and they refuse to look any other way yeah. and you know, that's just the reality of it. You know, it's sad. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Now, I don't know if you have anybody in your comment section that maybe want to ask me any questions before I leave. I'll be more than willing. Uh, but uh, if not, then you, you let me know what you want to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you guys in the comment section, do you guys have any questions or anything uh, before we head out? Go ahead, drop the questions. Thank you, Zach. Because we got good Tony's retro channel in the chat. We got Din the Avery. I'm gonna have to ask you to give me all these guys um channels so that I can look into them and, and hopefully be part of them too. Because I love you know people that do good stuff, especially retro mm -hmm. stuff. I'm a beat 'em up whore. I love beat 'em up. That's my favorite. <laughs> like I said, I'm 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 savoring to the Matif to play uh the takeover and uh raging justice. Which they're both coming to this Nintendo Switch too. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That's the only thing I got. I want my Streets of Rage five someday, but oh well. <laughs> or four. I don't even know what it is. What part? It's been so long. Jesus. Uh, good Tony's retro channel asks, "Do y'all have arcade cabinets?" I do not. I wish. And the only reason I don't have one, okay. Because I could legitimately buy, I could have bought a couple of Sega ones that I found for, I mean, as low as 300 bucks, working condition and good condition. Because of my space, I don't live in a, uh, my home, I don't have enough space for 
arcade cabinet. Now, if I get yeah. a bigger home one day, mm-hmm. oh boy, you better believe it that I'll get as much. <laughs> I will, I will buy them, especially if they're the right price, uh, because I could actually get a main now with like almost fifty thousand games, arcade stuff from back mm-hmm. in the day, from like things like RoboCop to eSwap, the original eSwap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that would. <laughs> Uh, that, that's like I would be on that probably more than my consoles now <laughs> if I actually had it. But you know, no, I don't have one. But you know, I, I but I understand why you asked the question because I think that's any man's dream. That's retro gaming uh, loving like us, like the way we love gaming. To, yeah, uh, as far back as the arcade stuff. So yeah, yeah, I want one, but I don't have one. No, no. All right, uh, Dan Avery. He has uh, another question. He's asking. Um, does he wants to know if you own Urban Rain or had the chance to play it? Yeah, yeah, I had Urban Rain, fantastic beat 'em up. But I think what happened was my disc. You know how the the disc on the top right has mm-hmm. the sticker. I don't know if a lot of you gentlemen know, but the game, those stickers on the top is where the game program is. The disc is just the plastic, and it reads it on the bottom because it's see through. So the Urban Rain copy I had scratched on the top. And once it scratched, it got ruined. And I never really went back and bought it. But it is one of those games on my list of games that I need to get again that mm-hmm. I want to get. Urban Rain, Chaos Legion, uh, Bouncer, no. Because Bouncer was complete dog, 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 dog doodle. I hated that game. It looked great <laughs> and it played like dog doodle. And uh, a game called Bujin Guy. I don't yeah. know if you guys might have heard of it. Fantastic gameplay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else I might have missed. There's like one or two more that I might have missed, but for the most part, yeah, I loved Urban, Urban Rain. Yes, I did. And yes, I owned it. I'm trying to get it again, just like I'm trying to get back Spike Out for OG Xbox. Mm-hmm. You know, which was the arcade beat em up that you could actually play online in the arcade via cabinet. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got another question from Joshua Jones or Jonesy the Gent. Yeah, he has a question saying, have you tried out any of the Sega Genesis beat-em-ups from Pico Interactive, like Water Margin or Warriors of the Lost Dynasty? To be honest with you, I don't even know what venue is that from. Where can I try them? That's a good question. Uh, Jones, if you're watching, uh, where where will we be able to try those? Because I I never even knew uh, that avenue, like Pico, what is it called? What is it? Uh, what did he say? Pico Interactive. P-I-K-O Interactive. Okay, but were there like Sega Ages stuff that were only available in Japan? That's a good question. Well, he didn't reply yet. Hopefully we can get it. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's a great question. I I wish. I mean, of course I would try it. I just don't know what that is. He's the first time he brought it up to me. And that's great because I thought I knew everything. So now... I have something I don't know about. <laughs> That's got my interest. That has engaged my interest. So, uh, Dan Avery, he asked another question. He's like, have you yeah. beaten Spike Out on Xbox? That game is hard AF for no oh reason. Oh, my God. He's absolutely right. It's very hard. And you know what? I was and, uh, so mad, Dan. I was so talking. mad, Dan. I'm just going to run on lock the door for my wife. But keep talking. Sure, no, sure, sure. No problem. I'll talk to Dan like he's here with us. Dan, uh, Spike Out was tremendously hard. Yes, you're right. And it got me mad because uh, when it came out, I felt like the graphics were kind of lackluster, especially that I knew 
that it was running on the OG Xbox. And you know, as we all know, the OG Xbox um, was the Herringberg, right? The the Herringberg, uh, not the Londonberg, the the Hachiro, the Hachiro, mm-hmm. the motherboard that X that Sega used in the arcade. And I felt like Spike Out wasn't really transferred over uh, uh, with making it justice or doing it justice graphically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because I know the OG could have handled it uh, because Spike Out was designed on the Naomi 2, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could have definitely handled it because it was the it was the Hachiro chip uh, and the and the Hachiro was more powerful than, than the Naomi 2, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was kind of disappointed. I was mad about it because I thought it was a cheap port or translation of it. But mm-hmm. yes, you're right. It was very hard. So I never really invested enough on it. That's why I'm trying to look into it now, especially that Microsoft is doing a lot of the OG Xbox stuff, which I think we're getting an announcement of something on Saturday or Tuesday, April the 10th. Mm-hmm. They kind of hinted at that today. Uh, so if that's one of the games they could actually bring out uh, as they go on with more OG backwards compat, uh, I'm definitely want to be there to play it. So that's why I'm kind of trying to looking for it now to invest in it. Okay, cool, cool. Sorry, I had to run. I forgot I locked oh, the, my oh, front oh, door, no so my wife's like texting me, like I'm outside. <laughs> oh no, no, that's okay, that's okay. Listen, man, you you have a life. That's that's <laughs> what it's all about, you know. All right. Um. Okay. So I think yeah. So uh, Jonesy and Dan, they both said. Um, uh. So basically, Pico Interactive takes old school games from Korea and Japan. And got the licenses now. They make hard copies you can buy on their website. I didn't know that. Oh, but you could play them on what platforms? On any or a specific platform? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, Jones, if you're watching this, uh, if you can drop that in the chat so that way we'll know, so we can look into those. Yeah. I'm loving, yeah. I'm loving the interaction right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I can keep it live and direct. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so I guess according to Good Tony's retro channel, he says you cannot play Spike Out anymore on OG Xbox, though, because of uh, Xbox Live's ceased on it. I didn't know that. <laughs> so what? It was only designed when you could only play it online? Because I used to play it just, you know, single, like the single player campaign. Oh. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe he might be right. He might be right, because I haven't owned it in quite some time. Oh. Okay, so uh, Jonesy, he says uh, basically they're Capcom-style beat-em-ups like King of Dragons, but with a different setting characters. Right, right, right. Uh, so you can play them on, like, Sega Genesis, uh, I guess Super Nintendo and N64. I did not know that. Oh, okay, okay. If you own them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Got you. See, my problem is a lot of my old-school consoles I don't own because I had to trade them in mm-hmm. due to not having the finances mm-hmm. in order to get my newer consoles. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my old stuff I don't have. The only thing I have right now is I have two PlayStation 2s, right? One is mm-hmm. modded to play Japanese stuff and, you know, overseas stuff, and then one regular. Then I had uh, uh, the Nintendo Wii U, right? Mm-hmm. I have a Dreamcast. I have the OG Xbox. I have a PS4. I have a DS. And I have two Xbox One X, X and two Xbox One S's. I'm jealous. I, I'm trying to get another one X. I've got <laughs> That's what I have right now. So and the got, reason why I was able to get another X mm-hmm. real real quick is because just weeks before it released, I had bought my daughter the Minecraft uh 
console. The green one? The, the, yeah, the custom one that they did, yeah, the yeah. S, the Minecraft. And so that was 400 something dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So I was still within my window because when my daughter played, I think was uh, Super Lucky's Tales on the X, and then she found out that they're doing a 4K patch for Minecraft, and it was only able to be utilized through the X, she she really wanted me to upgrade for the X so she could play it because mm-hmm. we only had one. So I took back the Minecraft console. I was able to get my money. And I bought an X, another X. So I only paid like six, 70 I think, or $60 for the second X. Mm-hmm. So it worked out for me, which was great. Even though that Minecraft console was beautiful. Man, that's awesome. See, I, I need yeah, to get I myself the... another Xbox One X because yeah. um, I've got the... Because I, I went to the Microsoft Store back in... 2013, like day one with Sega Forever, like we both went same day we right, got our right. day one editions. Yeah. Um, I got the two terabyte one S. I've got the Gears uh, two terabyte one mm-hmm. S that my wife got for me. I've got the one X. I've got two PS4 Pros, one Slim, mm-hmm. and Switch. And now I've got the 360, the original 360 uh, style. I've got the OG 60 gig uh, PS3. Oh, yeah, I was on the 360 one. So I have the one that was exclusive to Walmart. That that's blue. Mm-hmm. Which right now it looks like it disappeared somewhere. Um, I don't know where my son put it, but it's disappeared. <laughs> but it's, you know, one that came out. It was like a Walmart exclusive for Modern Warfare Three. I think it was. Oh yeah, I remember that. One. Yeah, yeah. I might be wrong, but that one I have. That one. It's like a baby blue and a royal blue. Uh, I have that one, 360 as well. Oh, my God. How can I forgot about that? I got a 360. Shame on me. <laughs> so, yeah, I have that too. Um, and I still have the HD DVD drive, for Christ's sakes, with my some of my HD movies. Um, <laughs> so And then the Connect for the 360, and then I have two Connects for the Xbox One and Xbox S and X. Uh, and then we have the Gears one. I have the Gears custom one too. That's a beautiful one too. All right, so Good Tony's Retro Channel, he asked, uh, do you guys play Fightcade on PC? I personally have not. No, Tony, I don't I don't play any type of games on PC at all because I I do it I did it for a living for so long. I just don't cho- I just refuse to play it on PC at all. Period. I'm too spoiled with the social aspect of playing on console with my own family, with my friends. I, I don't know why. I just am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do. I, I have played beat 'em ups on the arcade market's place from 360 till now, like Scott Pilgrim, you know, being one of them. I, is, you can't get that anymore, can you? No, it's delisted, but I hope they list it back. It's an awesome game. Very difficult. That game is brutal. <laughs> and I also played uh, uh, Unbound Saga, which is mm-hmm. a comic jumper, basic. Not, uh, remember Comic Zone from Master, yeah. for the Master System? Yeah. It's basically Comic Zone. But two-player co-op. It's called Unbound Saga. You can play it on Xbox One via backwards combat. I played that. Um, I beat, uh, uh, oh, Sacred Citadel. Is mm-hmm. Actually, it's like Golden Axe. A very spiritually successful game. Two Golden Axe, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Also backwards combat. I played the Zombie Vikings, uh, which is an also another beat-em-up with these little zombies that look, that look like Vikings and zombies. Mm-hmm. It's also on Xbox. I I played uh, the Kickass one for for PS3. 
there was kick ass. Uh, they did one in the arcade. I beat that one. Uh, I'm I played uh, well, Moon Divers, not really beat em up, but it's a 2D size scroller. But you can play a four player co ops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think, beat em up style. Like I said, there's not a lot of them. I got 99 Vidas with the Mexicans. Love that little game, but it got it's got a lot of glitches. I hope they fix it. I also played on uh, Nacho Lee, uh, Lucha Fury with mm-hmm. on the 360. It has the, the 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 wrestlers, the Mexican wrestlers. We almost mm-hmm. beat that for player one. We beat the new Power Rangers, beat them up that came out uh, this generation. Uh, we also played. Um, damn, I'm trying to see if I forgot any. Jeez. Um, there is one they just showed an idea at Xbox that looks really promising. Uh, it's called uh, Shaolin something. Wow, I forgot. It's a 3D beat em up in the 3D style, like 3D graphics, but in 2D style. What's it called again, fellas? Do you know, boys? Yeah, it's called Nine Shaolins of Something. If you go to the idea Xbox list when they showed the, mm-hmm. the, the, the ones in GDC, mm-hmm. there's like 22 titles, and it's the first one on there. Uh, it looks awesome. They got a little trailer. So I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I'm, t- I'm looking forward to the takeover. I'm looking forward to Raging Justice. Jeez, uh, Louise, what? A- oh, at Zero, the game Zeros mm-hmm. plays like a beat 'em up. It has a, like a knack kind of style to it, but it's a, it looks like The Incredibles with the mm-hmm. wife and the and the, and, they, and there's like a DLC based in Asia. Mm-hmm. Also beat that. If it's also an awesome game, you get the gameplay. They they brought down toned down the, the difficulty and they gave you better save spots with the update they did on it. That's an awesome beat em up too. If you guys are interested in checking that out, I played that. Um huh. let me see. Uh I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's been a couple. It's just not a lot. I hope more come out. But I, if you've seen it this generation or last on 360 mm-hmm. or this one, I beat it. Trust me. There was another game that was awesome. I played with my son that was beat him up like Berserk style mm-hmm. called Knight's Contract. It was from Namco. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Knight's yeah. Contract. Yeah. Very awesome game. A lot. It was pretty... In depth, if you actually learn the learning curve, like to learn the moves, it was pretty in depth. Uh, from Namco, like I said, awesome game. It felt a lot like a, a game, like a side story to the Berserk game on Dreamcast. That's what it felt like to me. Awesome game. All right, Den has another question. He says, uh, sure. What arcade games do you wish had actually been ported to consoles like the Dreamcast and the Xbox? Oh my god, Dan, you just opened up. A Pandora's box right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do I start? And I'm just going to list them. And you just give me a, at the end, you just say awesome or you suck. I don't care. Whichever one you choose. <laughs> uh, Planet Harrier. ESWAT. Mm. Robocop. Uh, 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 Cowboys of Mesa. Asterix, wow. Sunset Riders. Um, let's see, the Punisher, the actual Punisher one, not the Genesis version we got. Uh, another, uh, oh, Cadillacs versus Dinosaurs. 
Classic. Um, uh, Vendetta. Crime Fighters. Golden Axe Death Adder. Revenge of the <laughs> Death Adder. Spider-Man from Sega. When you fall with you know, Submariner and Hawkeye. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was a beat-em-up from Sega. Uh, Spider-Man. Um, Audience is loving you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, 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 karate, karate Fighters. Uh, there's just so many beat-em-ups. Jesus Christ. Um, AVP is another one. AVP. Aliens. Um, Power Drift in the actual uh, console instead of the DS. Super Thunder Blade, same thing. <laughs> uh, Planet Harrier. I don't know if I said that already, but Planet Harrier. Virtual Cop 4. Oh, no, Virtual Cop 2, actually. No, Virtual Cop. No, 3, 3, 3. Virtual Cop 3. Outrunners. Turbo Outrun. Uh, Aliens, uh, the, the one that Sega made. Aliens uh, Jumbo Safari, uh, Ambulance Emergency Call, Super GT, uh, Star Wars Pod Racer, Scud Racing, uh, Let's Go Jumbo, Let's Go Jungle, 1 and 2, Ocean Hunter, mm -hmm. Maze of Hunter, which is the, the one that's a rail run shooter with mummies and stuff that Sega did. It's another mm -hmm. one. Uh, the Ocean Hunter one is the one where you go underneath the water and you're exploring and getting attacked by all these aquatic animals and stuff. Uh, emergency calls, the one where you, an ambulance, and you go to like crash sites and you got to take people to the hospital before they die. Uh, Jumbo Safari, but it came out on Wii. There's a version of Jumbo Safari on the Wii, which is awesome. Ghost Squad 2, which I have Ghost Squad 1 on the Wii. Um... Clock, huh? I wish. I wish Clockwork Night came out again from Sega. <laughs> I love Clockwork Night 1 and 2. Give me my Estelle. Uh, no, um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, Superman from Sunsoft, if they brought that. Wrestle War. Jesus Christmas. So many, so many, so many, so many. Vendetta. Uh, Batman Forever. The first Batman one, uh, WrestleFest, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else, um, oh my God, it's just so many, I can't, I can't even think right now, it's just a lot, a lot, you know, especially in the beat -em of genre, you know, because you had, I wish they would have brought things out, because Konami had a lot of them, they had a lot of them, yeah. uh, like I said, they had Cowboys of Mesa, they had Asterix, they had Sunset Riders. Uh, they had uh, Ninja Spirits, I think it was. Oh, oh, Undercover Cops. That's another one. Undercover Cops. Uh, Grawl. Even though Grawl 1 did come out on the PS2 on the on the Legends Collection, which I still own. Oh, Rostan 3. Rostan 3 would have been amazing because I have Rostan 2 also on the title Legends Collection on PS2. Um, 
Yo, the, in the chat they said, "Oh my God, this dude uh-huh. speaking my language with this uh-huh. list." He just deemed himself worthy. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Galaxy oh. Force Two is so many. It's just, I there's so many I can't even think right now. It's just so many. Uh there's a lot. There's a lot. Even Double Dragon uh, Three that was kind of lame, but I would have wanted to see an arcade version. Uh they also, uh, you know, we you know we got Double Dragon to the arcade one for the first time and home console on PS4. Yeah. You know, that's the reason why I bought the PS4 originally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I wasn't even worrying about all the things like Shadows of the Beast or Alstie Breed. I was worrying about Double Dragon Two, Double Dragon's Revenge, yeah. the arcade version. I was like, oh, I have to get it because I never owned the arcade version. You know. It never came out. And uh, I know a lot of people are like, this guy's crazy. I had to do it. I had no choice. I had to. It's coming uh, to the Switch soon because they just dropped the first one on right. the Switch. Like, and I that kind of like, got me mad because these guys, Arc System Works, bought it. And instead of showing the love like they did, you know, with the uh, games like Hard Corpse, which is the Contra Spiritual Successor, mm-hmm. they took it out of the marketplace, Double Dragon 1 on 360, and never brought Double Dragon 2 to the Xbox One either, which I hope they do because, you know, I, I think it's only right. Double Dragon came out on Xbox, so it was one of the first games in the arcade marketplace, along with, you know, the Ninja Turtle stuff, you know. Like, I still have the Simpsons arcade game on the 360, and I want to play that. I have the Voltron game that came out on 360 exclusive as well, and I have that, and I, I can't play that. There's so many hidden gems like Renegade Ops from Sega and uh, uh, Expendables, which was also pretty awesome. Uh, Alien Breed, 1, 2, and 3. Um, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, arcade stuff, we can uh, sit here for for eight, for for hours to, upon hours talking about all these arcade games that never made it home and should have. You know, They should have. Uh, big time. Big time. Uh, but Revenge of the Death Fighter and Robocop uh, are two that I always, and even Eastwalk is ones that I run it really, really, really bad. And, and they never, they never did them. And that really got me mad. It really got me peed off. <laughs> so, Joe, so, yeah, has- yeah, I hope I, 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 I hope you guys give me a thump, thumbs up and you like my picks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonesy has another question. He says, so since. Uh, you have a Dreamcast, uh, he bought, I'll ask, Dynamite yep. Deca or Zombie Revenge for favorite beat-em-up? Oh, my God. It's, I'm sorry. It has to be Zombie's Revenge. Zombie's Revenge just took it to another level with that side story. But Dynamite Deca, which is essentially Die Hard Arcade 2, is awesome, too. I, I can't lie. They're both. You know what? I, I think they're both good in their own respective space. But I guess Zombie's Revenge felt more polished for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not as cheesy or as arcadey, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Zombies Revenge. And thank you for bringing that up because I forgot that I had Zombies Revenge. I still own that too. <laughs> Zombies Revenge was amazing. I love that game. I love it. I would love a sequel or remaster or something. That would be amazing. Zombies Revenge was just the truth. The truth. I love Zombies Revenge. Um, and I think one of those few. Oh, you know what game was kind of cool, but it was lame. Like really. Not lame. It was really cheesy on Dreamcast. It was called Soul Fighter. I don't know oh, if you yeah, guys I ever know. tried it. It I was so... That. Yeah, I own it too. I own it too. It felt like a 
like a, a, a cheap version of Golden Axe in 3D, but I really enjoyed it for what it was. You know what? Yeah. Uh, well, even though it was very cheesy, and you know, you could you could tell that it was the production value was not really high. It was kind of low, cheesy or cheap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like I that. I had fun with it though. Like it, it was, it got hard at times, but yeah, I yeah, so really, did I. Exactly, it got really hard. What? Especially <laughs> grabbing those fishes on the floor, and, and and you had to the the collision detection wouldn't read it, and then you'd yeah. be low on energy, and you're getting attacked by like four enemies. And you're trying to grab the damn fish to eat, and you're like, hurry up! And it wouldn't work. You're like, oh, my God. Because the camera is what killed that game. The camera moved too much by itself. Yeah. That's, that's what made it harder. So to, to find, I'm actually going to combine these other, these two questions into one. Okay. So they want to know your thoughts on Knights of the Round from Capcom 1991, and what about Dynamite Decker Collection? There's a Dynamite Decker collection on the PS2 Sega Ages through Japan. Didn't buy it, even though I would love to get my hands on it because I know it has um, uh, Part 1 remastered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't buy it because it's too overpriced. We're talking about 200 150 in some places that I've seen it, me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would love to own it. Uh, there's also one that comes with, uh, with Cortex. If you guys remember Quartet from Sega, yeah. uh, has an arcade version of it on it, and another Sega, and with the other global defense game that also came out. That was awesome. I would like to get my hands on that. And uh, and uh, what was the other game that he mentioned besides the Dynamite Deck collection? Uh, Knights of the Round. Oh, Knights of the Round. Yeah, I just beat Knights of the Round. Through the Xbox 360, right? Wasn't that came out? You're talking about the Dun- Dungeons and Dragons collection, right? Or the Knights of the Round was. Oh, that's no. that I have on the on the title on the I mean on the uh, on my Capcom collection. Yeah, I have that on my Capcom collection for OG Xbox. Actually, I have Capcom Collection Volume One and Two. That one has also. Uh, oh, that's another one. That one has uh, Captain Commando. Remember Captain Commando? Yeah. Yeah, I have that. I have that too. Uh, that's why I hope they bring it backwards to back so I can play it on Xbox One. I'll stream the hell out of that bad boy. <laughs> Captain Commando. Yeah, and Grawl. I have Grawl as well. I have Rastan on the OG Xbox. Um, it, uh, the other question I want to know about, uh, how about Legend? Did, did you ever play that beat-em-up? Which one? Legend. Legend? Yeah. Legend, Legend, Legend. Mm, I think that originally came out on Super Nintendo. Did it? I, I I'm not so. sure. Well, on Super Nintendo, I played Rival Turf, you know, River City Ransom. Oh, you know what I mean? Rival Turf was amazing. Final Final Fight one, two, and three. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, Final Fight is another one I had, but uh, that I liked um, a lot. You know, obviously, Streets of Rage two is probably my all-time favorite beat 'em up of all times. Because it just did everything right uh, and took that genre to another level on a console like you've never seen before. Yeah. And Street Soul Rage 1, the music of my man Hideko, I uh, forget how you pronounce his name. Fuck, he's a master of his own craft. And then uh, Street Soul Rage 3. Yeah, and Chiro. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. I don't want to bastardize how you pronounce his name. <laughs> hey, I'm going to say this, though. If you. What's up? 
if you love Streets of Rage, yeah, you will love Fighting Rage because basically it takes the best of Final Fight and the best of Streets of Rage. Okay, okay. down. I know you don't PC game, but that okay. if you because I, I asked her. No, no, no. If I if I have my hands on it, I'll definitely play it. I wouldn't care where I played it. It's just that I, you know, I don't have access to like a PC in my home the way I want, or, you know, mm. that I needed to in order to play on it because of space construction, constriction, constriction. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, but I would definitely take your word for it because I know you like beat 'em up. Just it's just like this this one, uh, like the uh, what's the name of the other one that I had uh mentioned before um oh jesus oh jesus i forgot <laughs> oh my lord i forgot i just had it on the tip of my tongue too and i forgot i completely forgot oh anyway anyway when i remember i'll t- <laughs> i'll bring it back up oh oh that's what i wanted to say i remembered i remembered i remembered yes <laughs> it's the diabetes people i have diabetes it makes me forget things <laughs> uh, I have actually a modded version of uh, on my Dreamcast that they made for me. I have uh, they use the Streets of Rage two engine. I have a uh, you know that they made like a home brewed game. I have yeah. a Kill Bill, Kill Bill from the movie Kill Bill mm-hmm. that they did in beat 'em up style, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> oh wow! I still own that, yeah. Bang bang, you know, bang bang. <laughs> theme song. It's awesome. And the actual game too. Oh it's pretty man. cool. This has been an amazing podcast, man. I, I have enjoyed the energy you brought, the knowledge as well. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. Chat room, they love you. You know. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Man, definitely it's gotta get you to back get... Oh, for sure, for sure, man. It's good to get uh nice feedback. And and, and and nice uh, and nice welcoming from people because that's been my goal since I started uh, to for people can see what I'm about. I'm not really a you know a phony. I talk to talk, but I also walk the walk, and that's what I try to do. Um, and if people gave me the time and actually got to know me and went to my channel, they would see that. Uh, a lot of people don't. They just automatically assume, ah, oh, this guy's a phony. You screw you. Hey, listen, it's your loss. If you don't want to give me the chance, you're not obligated to. But if you do, you won't be disappointed. That's how I see it. Uh, you know, so, Mikel, like I told you, you know, it's been a complete pleasure and honor mm. to be on your podcast. Uh, I'm glad Take It Forever didn't scare you away from me. <laughs> you know, he loves doing stuff with me, too, all the time. He's like, oh, man, I just I can listen to you all day. Because he, he says that I'll just make things fun, I guess, is what he's saying. That's on, dude, man. You 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 you're making me blush. You're giving me too much credit. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that I have that effect on people, uh, because at least I'm, that means you'll always remember me for it. You see what yeah. I'm saying? And uh, and that's my goal. You know, that's what I want with my audience and with man, friends man. and people that I make friends with. You know. I have another um, question for you. Oh sure. Um, what are your thoughts on Double Dragon Four and River Sea Ransom Underground? Um, very cheaply made. I'm upset that Arc System Work didn't put the money to make them better. But I love Double Dragon Neo. That's another beat em up. I just remembered. I destroyed it. Awesome. Uh, I beat it with my son. Very, very difficult. But I love the way they did it with that art style. 
and 3D element. Uh, but they're not bad games. They just feel cheap. You know, like they, I know they were going for that nostalgia of that Nintendo NES version. Mm-hmm. But if, I, if, if you put in Double Dragon 4 on there, you hype me up. Because I was like, oh, they're making a new one. They're going to go in on this one. And they didn't do that. But at least we got Double Dragon Neo. And I also have Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, the 3D version. Yeah, I got that one too. I got it too. On the 360, yeah. which I also beat, which wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. It uh, was rough around the edges, but it, it wasn't was rough, that bad. But it wasn't that bad. If like you put the time to play it, mm-hmm. it was playable and it was beatable, which I, I did both. Uh, and it just needed a little polishing, but it's still good. It wasn't yeah. bad. The art I love the art style on it. And the combat actually has some depth to it if you Yes. Really had a lot I was about to it. say that. It had a lot of depth, but you had to actually invest and keep on with it to really find the depthness of the combat. Just like Rise. A lot yeah. of people think it's just, oh no, just press the button and it's a button master and you just uh uh and it's just QTs. No, 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 no. You play Rise on hard and a harder mm-hmm. difficulty and you keep playing, it's a very counter combat depth game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very in-depth with the counter-combat com- combat system, just like Ninja Gaiden. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one that you said, it was uh, Double Dragon 4. I own it. I beat it. I also beat it. But it's I just, I'm mad that um, you know they didn't put more money and made it bigger, like a bigger game. And the other one you said was, I, I heard it and I forgot. What was the other uh, one? River said? City Ransom Un- Underground. I think that one's currently PC only. Oh, oh, River City Ransom. I have only the, uh, uh, I think it was on one of my like collections. I mm-hmm. never played Underground. I gotta look into that. And if it's PC only, then that's why I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely play it without question. If that's what you're curious about, yes, hell yes, I would play it. I want to play the one you played, the Kenjiko and Gaigo. I think it was called. Oh, that Gaido one, yeah, yeah. Can Gaido that you streamed the other day? Yeah, I saw it. I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna make me buy a Switch. I don't want to buy a Switch right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get me crazy. Uh, and then the one you did yesterday. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, oh, I just bought also this one, Wolven Blade with the I Vikings. I've I've seen gameplay of it, but I never played it. Yeah, yeah, Wolven Blade. I also have uh, something called something Punks. Mm-hmm. It's a beat 'em up. It's kind of low budget, but it's on Xbox. I bought it for like three bucks. It's called uh, something punks. It has like a werewolf, uh, a lizard man. It kind of plays like Dungeons and Dragons, but a lot more stiffer because <clears throat> obviously it's not. You could tell it's more low budget. It plays very stiff type, but I have that as well that I tried out. Okay. I forgot the title of it, but it's on three six. It's on Xbox One on uh, and also PS4, I believe. Okay, definitely. All right, man. That this has been an amazing podcast, man. Again, thank you for coming through. Uh, everyone in the chat that's been showing the love, being really active. I thank y'all <laughs> for that because yeah, this has been you. so fun. I mean, we get to talk the retro stuff, and you get hyped talking about the games that you know you grew <laughs> up with that we played that we lost. Probably hundreds of dollars in the quarters at the yeah, arcades. So that's why I think those games should come to console because just uh, you know, at a principle because we spend so much money on them and we never had the opportunity to actually own them. Which we, if we did, I'm pretty sure a lot of us would just run out. 
I've been getting all the Neo Geo stuff because yeah. to get achievements because I've never owned them. I just got Sengoku 3 that was never out before and it's on Xbox now on the and PlayStation, I believe, uh, through the arcade marketplace or whatever or the indie space. Mm. I got um, now I need Cyberlip and I need Eight Man. Those are the two I need now <laughs> because I got Shock Troopers 1 and 2 as well. So they've been doing great with that. You know, bad dudes, come on, man. I got bad dudes on the Wii collection. They need to bring that out. Joe and Mac. Secret agent. Jesus Christ. Rolling <laughs> Thunder. Now you started me up again. People, <laughs> just to let you know, I started talking to my man, Mikhail, around 11 o'clock, right? It is now 3.30 my time. Hey, Good God. Okay? Because he's in Hawaii. <laughs> it's a six-hour difference. But when it comes to gaming, you know, I get the energy. But I'll, tomorrow morning, I'll feel it. Trust me. I got to be up <laughs> at least by but uh, but it's been fun, man. It's been worth it. I feel it's yeah. been worth it uh, because right. I've had a lot of fun, and it's you don't always get a lot of opportunities to give yourself and uh, to show people an expose of yourself to show that you're a good person or that you're real and not really fake, you know. Mm-hmm. So Mikel has, you know, Mister Casanova here has given me that opportunity, uh, and I'm grateful for it, you know, and I'm glad I can help, you know establish more viewers in your channel with my video hopefully when you post it up and more people get to have the privilege to view it you know yeah definitely <clears throat> uh, everyone in the chat and everyone watching this everyone's that's going to be listening to this on itunes google play spotify uh what else am i on i can't even think of everything tune in radio uh stitcher shout engine uh, soundcloud so if you guys are listening, you're watching, and you're on the live chat right now, make sure you go over and subscribe to my man Hebot's channel. I've got the links. Oh, thank you. Everything That's really nice. Down in the description below, we got his link to his Twitter, so you can follow him on Twitter. And I mean, this is this is going to be amazing. Like this, this has been one of my most fun podcasts since. Oh, uh, well, since, you're too kind. You're too no, kind. I'm serious, man. Like you know, I'm saying forever told me those same words when I did it with him, and you guys need to stop making me feel so embarrassed. <laughs> you're being too kind to me. Stop it. Oh, and man, thank you to is. your to your audience on the live chat for being so kind and and keeping it respectful and asking me some genuine questions. I really appreciate that. Uh, man, anytime, man. Why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find you as well? Ah, uh, well. Hopefully, with my the description you put down, you can find me on my YouTube channel. It's basically Hebot, uh, capital H, lowercase e, space, capital B, lowercase o, and T. Uh, and the the reason for that name is because I'm a He-Man fan, and then I'm an Xbox fan. So Hebot, thanks to my friend Master Chief, he suggested it, and I kind of liked it, so I changed it. It was something else before. Uh, so, uh, and for those who are curious, because people ask me all the time, that's why I have a He-Man logo on top of a, I mean, a He-Man character on top of an Xbox logo. <clears throat> I'm just waiting for copyrights, infringements, and all kinds of stuff. And I thank God I haven't gotten that yet. But uh, that's my YouTube. I'm on Twitter. I'm at HeBot Powerful Gamer. I was supposed to put Most Powerful Gamer as a slogan, but it didn't let me fit it in. So it's Powerful Gamer. Mm-hmm. And then on uh, on Xbox. If you guys are respectful and you want to hit me up and friend me, you're more than welcome to. Um, uh, he bought eight with a number eight. And then I'm in uh, IntromediaGaming.com. Shout-outs to my family over there. 
with Mr. 100 and Miss DeLeon and uh, Popoff and a, a bunch of wonderful people like Tuckmaster. And I'm in the infinite rooms of the DX Mansion. These are private Facebook groups. You're welcome to try to join, but you have to be respectful uh, because we try to keep it positive. We don't try to be hateful about anything. Uh, and I'm there with my boy, New Legal, uh, Stephen Blight, and Israel Rulers. Shout outs to them as well because they will be viewing because I told them about your channel. <laughs> uh, no, I did. I did. I really did. Uh, especially after the interview that. I saw. Uh, so, you know, I hope they, you know, you get more, more uh, subscribers and you can keep, keep building your grand because you're doing something good, man. You're being positive about this and you play on all platforms, you know, yeah. you have your preferred platform, but you're like me, you respect it, but you're doing positive game talking. You're not trying to just bash and hate and be one-sided. You know what I mean? And that's, like you said, rare in this generation. So just like you said, it was rare to find retro gamers like myself, you know? So that's my compliment to you because it is very rare to find YouTubers trying to be uh, fair and trying to yeah. be different and giving a different message or messaging. Yeah. You know? uh, so, yeah, yeah man. it's been fun, man. Thank you so much. Those are the places you can find me. Uh Thanks a lot, man. I felt nothing but a lot of love in this podcast from you and your audience. So, I, I, I again, I can't put better, more words to it. You know, thank you very much. No problem, man. Love to have you back again. As often yeah. as you want, we got to do that one with uh, Sega Forever. I mean, if Let's you want, we could, yeah. we, we could have it. Like, if you want to get your whole crew and we can just do a podcast, I could be on your guys' thing. You can do it here. Yeah, absolutely. Care. Like, let's just make it happen. Like, this oh, absolutely, great. absolutely. Oh, <laughs> that's one more thing. If you guys like podcasts, I also do two podcasts with my crews, which is the DirectX minus the fraud, mm-hmm. the Kaleidoscope Ghost Rider, E Rock, Sega, one of them, Sega Forever, Mister One Hundred, and J Long. And then I also do with my boys in the UK. Beautiful, beautiful people. Wonderful, wonderful Xbox supporters and gamers in general uh, over there at the Micropod of X with the micro with Microbots, mm-hmm. with Andy McKee, the Shermanator, Insomnitech, and my boy Depoy, which is a.k.a. Stephen Blight. So big shout outs. You guys can uh, find them uh, on YouTube at uh, the Micropod, Microbox of X mm-hmm. in his channel. And then with our DirectX, you can find it at Intro Media Gaming with Mr. 100 on his channel. If you guys are interested, you know, it's it's positive Xbox talk. That's what we try to do most of the time. That's what's up, man. We we definitely need more people like you guys speaking out because I, I think, you know, gaming is starting to reflect a lot of other, uh, you know, things is going on, like in our society, like where, you know, people just... They, they they try to hop on the popular bandwagon. Right, the one-sidedness of it. Yeah, and this, the whole intolerance that's going on, it just needs to stop. And that's one of the things that really motivates me to keep doing like stuff like this podcast to bring an alternative opinion, you know, right. to the general masses. But definitely, man. Well, I, I, sure, I sure hope you don't get a lot of hate for this, which I'm, I know there's people out there that love to hate, but. I hope I bring more positive than hate because that's what I want, you know. Even even if people hate, man, the hate don't bother me at all. 
They don't because you know if you if you got people hating on you, you're doing something right. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, man, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, everyone, you're for tuning welcome. in to this episode. Make sure you go over to Heapos channel. Like I said, links in the description below. Follow him on social media. Be respectful. I, I hold everyone that follows his channel to that standard. So, anyway. Casanova. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thank y'all for watching, and we will catch y'all in the next one. Peace out. Bye, guys. Good night.